and welcome back to Scav Talk, everyone. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing some quest changes that BSG just dropped in a recent patch, followed by a discussion about Lightkeeper, kind of what our thoughts are now that he's been out and the patch has been out and whatnot. And then finally, we're just kind of going to ramble about some other games that are coming out, some adjacent to Tarkov, some not so adjacent to Tarkov. Giga, how you been? What you been up to? I've been good, man. I've been good. As I said just just before, I've been dealing with uh, a tantruming toddler, which is always fantastic on a on a <laughs> on a Friday evening. She's normally really good about that, but, but going crazy. And I had a really I had a really sad time this week, dude. It was such a sad time. My What's Galaxy S seven finally just gave up the ghost and just died. It's no. it's gone. It's like it's so out of date. It's such an outdated phone. I've been hanging on for ages, and the the, the battery on this thing has been failing to put it. To put it lightly for a while like once it gets down below about 10 percent, it just goes like 10 90 it's like a second countdown you're like i just want to get the charger in um so i, I kind of knew it was like on the way out and uh, the other day i tried to do like two or three things simultaneously and it was like oh, and got stuck and uh yeah i tried I, I managed to reset it a couple of times using like the hard reset keys and things yeah. and uh and then on the final attempt it was just like nah there's nothing here. Like the only thing I can get it to do now is when it's completely out of charge, is I plug it in and it, the charging icon comes up and the little red dot comes on and that's it. It just gets stuck. So even if I unplug the charger, it's just like the red dot for the charging is just stuck on. Like this is the, it's fundamentally failed at like a very critical um a very critical level. And I've looked around and it's like there was some like there was some stuff that I needed to get off the actual main phone, kind of, but not yeah. really. Um, and so I've just, uh, I've just, I've just let it go, I think. Cause I looked at it and people were like, no, you just, you can't get access. You have to, unless you can, like the phone has to do the interfacing for the internal chip. Now, like there was apparently there was back mm. in the day, there was the old versions you could like go in and you could actually extract the chip out from the motherboard, yeah. put it into like an SD reader and, um, and get it to work that way. But apparently it doesn't work that way now. There's like multiple parts on the motherboard that require, um, you know, to de- decode the information and all of this stuff is all the security they put in. So you just can't really do it which is um, extremely sad. So uh, I did manage to like fish around. I was like, I'm sure I've got another phone somewhere else. And that, my wife actually upgraded her phone because she wanted a better camera so she could take more pictures of the kids and stuff. So I actually now have, and it's quite funny, I've got her Galaxy S8. So I've actually upgraded by oh. one <laughs> to something also entirely outdated, but not quite as bad as, as what I had before. Um, but it's got like a slightly smashed screen and stuff. But like, I, I feel like these, I, I'm released from... <laughs> worry you know worry about phones or whatever i've, I've been i've been released because like, it was kind of my baby the s7 i had it for so 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 long and uh, now that i'm just using this like scuffed thing which is technically slightly better but i'm not attached to now i just don't i don't really care anymore i actually feel like there's a sort of almost a weight been lifted from my shoulders about um having something that just like it just works and um there is you know what these days i will say there is there is quite a relief in just being able to just like log into basically everything so um, I just took the SD card out of my old phone and just stuck it in hers and then just wiped all the like app data from all the things. And then I was just like re-logged in as everything. And most of it just worked. And mm. you just log, re-log into like Google Play Store. And it's just like, oh, these are all the apps that you had on your old phone. You just like download all those and like log into them all. Like it's a bit of a faff, but you know, after a day or whatever, I'm basically where I was before. It's like, actually, it's really not that as painful as I thought it was going to be. So it could be worse, but I'm, I'm still sad about my, yeah. Still sad about my S7. It's been going for so long. I thought it was going to be immortal, but these things will give up eventually. But um, no, otherwise, Tarkov, Tarkov related. There's not actually too much else to say. I mean, maybe I'll go into it a little bit um, in in a moment. But uh, or maybe, maybe I talk about it now. I mean, it's 
relatively quick because we talked a lot about labs last time. I've continued to play labs. Um, since we last spoke, I haven't seen the uh, the GPS amplifier thing. Mm. Um, I only played labs on Thursday. I ended up not playing labs on Tuesday and just focusing on setup. Um, but I still like I just, a whole session of, of labs. I just like haven't even, I didn't even see it. So I've only seen this fable thing one time. Um, I got killed with it and I just haven't seen it again. Like, does, but, it, um, does it have a hard spawn? I mean, like, a, you know how, like, the Lettix, well, I guess she wouldn't know, but <laughs> some of the, <laughs> the you know, locked rooms and, and unlocked rooms on uh, Shoreline just have, like, hard, you know, mm. they're medical spawns, but, like, often they have, like, something good, like a Golden Star, maybe a Lettix, a Defibrillator, yeah. you know? So is it, I wonder if it's like that? It's kind of like the same deal, but to a lesser extent, mm. I would say. There's there's like a bunch of spots where high value things can spawn on them. And uh, but you can kind of get anything, right? So it can be the far forward current converter, it can be the GPS thing, it can be really any of the rare items like a lion or a horse or anything like that. Often you just like randomly get things like chainlets and stuff in there as well. So wow. you can get like rollers and things. So there's like there's the two safes. Like, I actually do need to go and watch. There was um, a, and I haven't done it yet because I just haven't had time. But there was a like one of Brengar's loot guides, which I think he's pro- he's probably going to be one of the best ones because you know he's super labs Chad. Plus also makes some of the best videos for a Shift W like you know Uber, Uber Lord of of Tarkov. So I do need to go and watch that. But like the the spots that I've been checking out so far is kind of. In the dark offices, on the on top of the safes, on the, some of the shelves, in the bit next to parking, in the room next to that, the cat room in the center. There's like there's like a whole bunch of areas, um, which is how I found like three of the far forward current converters, which I was you know, relatively pleased about. But um, but only one of these GPS things. So the fact that I've found both does show that I'm kind of looking in the right place. But um, just like yes, yeah, just time time in the map, and often you end up. You end up just dying a lot on labs. I mean, to be fair, labs has actually been pretty fun. I had a couple of really rough raids where I was just looking the wrong way and got shot in the back of the head a, a few times, which is a pain. But um, it's honestly not been that bad. Like I've had some really, really fun fights on labs, and um, I kind of put it down to, you know, the, the AK one one's just been such a great gun in general for like transitioning up. You know, you get to like five five six using like five six a one and just go MDR or Sky or something. And then once you get to tier three traders or level three traders, you're just, well, you can build the one-on-one quite nicely and you've got the RRD on it and, and all this stuff. And um, once you get there, you can basically just go like 5.6A1, 5.5A1. And then I started crafting M995. So now I've got these like spicy mags with like 10 rounds of M995 on the top and then 20 rounds of 855A1 underneath. And it works like a treat. It works so well. It works so, so well. So you're like 10 rounds of just the ultimate punch and then the 5.5.01 follow-up, which is also decent, right? Like most, yeah. nobody's really wearing class six. Like it's, um, everyone's wearing class five. And so you've got, you've got well enough punch to, to get through. And so I've had like some really, really cool fights where, you know, I've definitely like killed like level 55 people and things on labs and it's been working out just like being, being aggressive and stuff. So it's, it's been fun. It's been fun, but I'm still, ugh, still trying to find those. I actually find it more fun playing labs at the moment than trying to do setup on customs. Like, normally I don't, normally setup is really easy. I, I find setups normally straightforward. Like, I did a whole video about it. It was either last wipe or the wipe before, and it was like, you know, two raids in a row with four kills, like a raid with three kills, a raid with two kills, and then like, you know, obviously a bunch of dead dud raids, and then a, a bunch of raids where you get one one person. Um, but dude, I played, I played quite a lot of customs trying to get setup done so far with the Yushanko and all that. And uh, I'm just like, I'm at six out of 15. It is a slog. 
this wipe. I don't know what's happened. Like maybe I'm doing it quite late. I did kind of ignore Skier for a while and I was doing other stuff. So, you know, I'm doing it kind of late on, but dude, it's rough. It's really, really bad. Like I've never had so much trouble. And it's like, I think partly it's, um, partly it's me, I think, because there's a certain, there's been a whole bunch of situations where I've been in fights and just like, just choked and not really, just not really done the thing I need to do. Like I, I fought this crazy three man in dorms and they were all like confused and I was confused, but I managed to like kill nobody. I was like, oh, it's just like so frustrating. You know, like sometimes you just, just get like fed up with, with the way that you're playing. I think, I just don't think I'm playing it that well. I like, I keep, I think it's weird. Like when, especially when you're swapping between something that's kind of like, even though labs is different and a bit strange, you're using normal guns and you're playing talk of the normal way. And then when yeah. you switch back to doing something else, you're like, oh, I'm playing as if I've got an AK 101. And then you, you see someone and you're like, I can't reach that far. You know, it's like, I don't know. You're just like on autopilot, you know, so you have to yeah, like really switch yeah, yeah. gears. So, yeah. So that's, it's just like slogging through those. Um, really. I mean, the two, the two quests I had fun with so far was the, the flashbang one and the getting the Zabralo down below 50% one. Those, those have actually been quite entertaining. Oh um, yeah. I did, I did say that. Yeah. I like, mm-hmm. I like doing it the quote unquote legit way, going factory with the Zabralo and bullying some yeah, cause Yeah. Cause, because you can always just go and you know, run into the snipers kind of thing or like get yeah. a friend to shoot you an insurance fraud or whatever. But I always quite like going with something big. Usually I've found an alt and you get it from a quest or whatever. And I like I save them up and then go in with that and the Zabralo and you're just like an uber like mega chad. But the, the issue this wipe was that because the Zabralo got buffed so hard, no one has any high tier ammo. It's actually very difficult to get it below 50. <laughs> it's actually really awkward. I had to go. I had to do two raids. Um, and I had to like wander around, like trying to bait player scabs. I like, I met one guy and I was like, Hey, Hey, are we like voiping? And I was like, yo, can you just like shoot me in the chest? I'm just trying to get this thing thing done. And he shot me like, do you see it on stream? He like shot me two or three times. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I'm still like not lower than 50%. And then I started to see that he was like, he was starting to point at my legs and I was like, yo, 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 whoa, buddy. No, no, let's not do this. I thought the guy must have thought like, wait, why am I doing this? Just like shooting Uber Chad. And there was an alternate as a brother one. He's just like, I could get a free, you know, free half a mil kit here. Um, I mean, the alternate's priceless at this point. So, um, because you can't, you can't actually buy the helmet. You can only buy the the visors, which is quite interesting. I had to buy the barter items, right? You can't barter for the alternate. Oh, you can't? They, oh, Not man. anymore. They took it away. They took it away. I'm, I'm behind the times. Yeah, it was, that was the, in the latest. Uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain that's the case. In the, in the latest okay. yeah. like, set of changes, it's, it's when they put everything behind uh, workbench stuff, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can't get it. And the Reese as well. So they're only like, they're like Sash only now. So uh, there's, like, there's like two weird ramifications. This I'm, I'm going, kind of going wildly off topic here, but it doesn't really matter. We'll get into the, the meat of the stuff in a sec. Two like weird ramifications. If you find an alt, obviously it's like super valuable and you want to keep it around for like tasks like that. I got two kills in one of the raids and I don't remember which one it was. It might have been the Zavala one. It might have been, I think it, or maybe, maybe it was the Flash one. I can't, re- I can't really remember. But I didn't want to go and loot the kills because I was like, what could they possibly have? Yeah. That's going to outweigh the potential, like even a small chance right. of me dying to something stupid. Yeah. And losing an item that I literally can't buy. Like, it's priceless now at this point. And it's so powerful. Um, And then combine that. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm just leaving. I was like, I just don't, I don't care what they've got on them. Like, I've done the quest that I needed to do. And I want to keep the ultimate for something else. Like, I just don't, I don't know. It doesn't even matter what they've got, honestly. Um, Unless obviously they got, I knew they didn't have ultimates because I fought these dudes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, they don't, they've got like mid-tier kits or like mid to high-tier kits. Like, 
whatever, it doesn't matter. I want to keep my ult in. Um, and the other strange ramification is because no one actually has the helmet, the, the visors are actually quite cheap. So I got shot in the visor yeah. a couple of times. And you can repair and sell the visor back to Ragman for like 26k and then buy a new one for 28. Yeah, I you really just, hate that. Too. You can just cycle the visors because nobody can buy them. So, because yeah. um, no one can attach them to the ulting because nobody has one, which is kind of weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah. The, the other quest that I did like that was um, the Flash one. And that was, that was also pretty funny, just going around flashbanging people. Like, both of my kills, I might even put something together on it because it's just like weird. It's just weird. Like both my kills were people who weren't really even looking. Like the one guy was like a pistol guy, and I came in from the side, like through the side door. You know, um, like gate zero right at the back. And yeah, I came. So if you're like if you're in that spawn and you're facing like straight forward, so mm -hmm. it's the door straight ahead. He was like left peeking out of the door straight ahead. I came in through the door on the right. Right. Now, bearing in mind, I'm wearing. I think on that one, I don't think I was wearing the ultimate. I think I was wearing something else, but um. I was wearing like the, I think it was the LZSH 2 DTM. I've been like testing it out because it's got a class 4 face shield. I come in through the door on the right, right? The guy's not wearing, you know, a big headset or anything. I just like wander in. I then void <laughs> to him. He's just like there holding his angle. I was like, I don't know where the flash like radius is. Like if I, if I flash him from the side and kill him, is it going to count right, for the quest? Right. I'm not sure. So I was like, hello, like, <laughs> like leaning into his screen. And then he was like, ah, like jumped and like, Tried to like glock me in the face or whatever, and I just went poof, <laughs> just threw it and flashed, and then took the legs out. And it was it was so weird, man. It was so weird. And then like yeah, the the other one, the guy was like the other guy was trying was fighting somebody else. I got shot by the person he was fighting, and he didn't know I was there either until the last minute. It was it was so weird. It was so so weird. So um, but those have been quite fun because that's just like you know you go in like super thick and try and get this yeah. city quest done on factory and just like run at pistol timmies and people running in a mid tier ammo where you've got. A huge class five one with like infinite durability. I think I used the Gen Four full for <laughs> for that one. Um, and again, it's that nobody's the, the ammo thing just makes it so hard. Like no one's even running BP really. The most of the people that you that you uh, run into, so they just can't just can't do anything. Um, it's pretty it's pretty good. So I really like That's how you try to justify your bullying the Timmy. It's like oh yeah, you know mm -hmm. I just leaned around and you know I had to do it for the quest. You know I just exactly. I wiped him so he turned around. You know I wasn't bullying or anything. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was so weird. I was just like, I was like, I need you to turn turn around, okay? <laughs> like so weird. It was really odd. It was really odd. It was fun though. It was fun. Yeah, I wouldn't go and do that all the time. I don't think, but um, it's definitely good for a laugh, even if you don't have the quest. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, you've been you've been doing much. You've been editing the stuff. Should we jump jump into the quest stuff, or you got any uh, random anecdotes before we start? Um, not really. I got some. I got some pretty fun projects in the work. Oh, cool! Um, Secret projects? Eh, not really. They're, no. they're doing like a. There's this one. Actually, Jesse did a short of it too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Airwing, Jesse, and One Peg went to woods, and Airwing brought on the GL, and he sighted it for like 400 meters. And when you do that with the GL, like the, the mounted one on the AK, or I assume also the, the M4, but on the AK, you like cock the AK barrel up in the air and like the butt pads mm. down by your hip. You know, it's like almost like yeah. seven degrees vertical. And uh, you just look so, so corny, like so weird, <laughs> goofy. And, uh, you know, they're all laughing and, and stuff. And then he's like, I wonder how long it takes for this thing to go off. And they shoot it. 
And like a whole like 11 seconds goes by in, in the distance here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's so pretty we're, good. We're doing we're doing a little little skit there, and uh, yeah, I've not be... used one of those. Hmm. You've not used one. I've not, I've not. I've not even used one yet. I've got. I actually have three in my in my stash somewhere, but I'm not using it yet. I feel like the AK one could be quite powerful, just because you can buy the vog the Vognik grenades. It's not like the other one. Yeah. that's kind of tricky. And I think they've got really short fuse as well, despite what it says. I don't know whether that was changed actually. Yeah, I don't know. Is it is it worth just doing it for the stats alone? I'm not positive on that. I'm, I I I mm. want to say you're better off doing uh the, the 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 meta you know the other, the normal meta stuff. I can't think of it was VS combo or whatever it's called. I think it's just the ergo that kills you. Like it's you do get a bit of extra recoil. You can make a slightly lower recoil gun. You can make like an actual horrific monstrosity now mm-hmm. because you can use the night scope thing on the dovetail mount as well as the the yeah. grenade launch to get you can get an AK down to you can get an AK thirty four N to like thirty recoil or something stupid if you mm-hmm. want to, but it's like borderline unusable. Like it has it has a hard zero ergo no matter what you do. Yeah. Um. So it, it depends what you want. Right. I don't, I don't think it's worth it. Like once you get down to that, you can make these. You can make the gun like thirty seven ergo without or recoil without going goofy. You know. So it's, at that point, it's like what's the what's the point in getting getting it any lower? It's just it's more just for. For funsies, I do wonder whether there's an argument to like add it in for non-meta builds to try and do that. But again, it's just the ergo thing just kills you. So it's never going to be normal. Never going to be something. Well, if, if the trade-off's like free recoil for like going to, you know, like I don't know what the full meta recoil reduction. Um, I guess not full, but like reasonable. You know what I mean? There's like a mm-hmm. line somewhere, but. I want. I just wonder what the trade-off is. Like, how much do you actually end up losing? Because then, like, you think if you just do the VSS combo plus, or, I don't know what it's called. Is it the VSS combo? VS combo. Uh, I know this is the Troy. The Troy yeah, is the best the Troy. one. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's the Troy. If you do a Troy and like an RK two, for example, you know, are you like negative? Uh, I don't know three, and then like plus fifteen recoil. Whereas the other option, you know, is it something better? Like, I just wonder yeah. what that's like. I think one of the biggest issues with it is that it only fits on certain handguards. So you yeah. you have to compromise already on the handguard, and then you don't get a vertical foregrip. So you're kind of like doubling up that thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah, a small. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's like three percent recoil better with the with the grenade launcher, but the mm-hmm. ergo is just so bad. It's like mid twenties, I think, negative. So yeah. Okay. It just ends up not being not being worthwhile because what's the base recoil of these guns is like 140 or something. I think roughly something like that. So. Three percent. I mean, you're talking, yeah, talking like four recoil points, something like that, which kind of tallies. That kind of tallies up with what my memory. That's without you having the game in front of me. I think that I think that's roughly right. I think that's roughly right. So I just don't, I don't think it's worth it unless you are going to use the GL. Yeah. I wonder if there's any way to like. I wonder. I wonder if you could take the GL off in raid. Turn the GL off no. in raid. Like take it off. I'm a place with a full grip in raid. So. So. Probably not. I, just, I kind of wondered if it was actually, yeah, no, because it's like half a handguard, isn't it? Yeah. That's the problem. It's basically like half a handguard because then you can't fit a meta handguard instead. Yeah, it just doesn't really work. I was like imagining a scenario where, you know, you fire your one GL and then you just like quick swap the, a vertical full grip on with, you know, with a, a lower half handguard or whatever. I don't know. I don't think that works, but never mind. Never mind. 
Cool. It's good to know that you're still busy with um with the content side. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in terms of of, 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 of other stuff, unless there was something else you wanted to uh, no, wanted to touch on. So in terms of news, I don't think anything happened between because for anybody listening who wasn't aware, although I think we did say last time, this is a, sh- a much shorter period than usual because I ended up having to delay because of like yeah, kid health hospital shenanigans. We ended up recording the last one on the 13th, and today is the 17th, so there's actually only been uh, four days in between, whereas usually it's, you know, Friday to Friday for the mm-hmm. actual recording. So we were on a bit, of a bit of a shorter timeline, so we haven't really had the opportunity for that much to, to get adjusted. Um, but then, like, just today, a load of quest changes came out, which is pretty cool. I think, I don't think it really affects me in any way <laughs> particularly but it's, it's good that they're thinking about it i think the most like always the most important part about the way that they've done it is yeah, they put right. a post on the forum <laughs> and then they link to the post no. on the forum on twitter no it's not even on the forum it's actually it's on their actual oh, news actual section news. yeah right it's on the actual news section. they the actually website. use the news section can you believe it <laughs> and they created a graphic to go with I it. I know. That's, I mean, it looks really good as well. It does look good. And it says Escape from Tarkov Quest Adjustments, which is exactly what it's for. And then it's actually, yeah, you're right. It's on the, the main news page. I thought it was on the forum just looking at it, but, um, but it's not. That's, and that's really good because this is, this is where this stuff should go. It yeah. really is where this stuff should go. So I'm, I'm actually quite pleased about that. And uh, yeah, they just linked to it on Twitter. So that's, and that's completely fine. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff in here. So there was, okay, I, I don't know which ones are worth talking about. I mean, we'll just like quickly whip through them. Colleagues Part 3 was a weird one. This is one of the, the series of therapist quests. So Colleagues Part 1 was the one where you have to go and like touch all of the bodies on shoreline that no one ever does because it's like non-impossible to go to Villas, Pier, and Resort all in one raid and not die. It's actually really, really... It's actually quite a hard quest. It's like one of the ones where you have to touch the things and visit the locations all in one raid without a death. It's a little bit like... Uh, what's the first one called? The Ragman, the Ultra one, the Shops Visit one. I can't remember what its name is. Oh, I actually can't remember, but there's, yeah, there's the five stalls on interchange that you have to go and visit. And that one used to used to just be able to wander into each one and just die every time. And then they changed it in a wipe, patch twelve twelve, I think, where you could no longer do that. So you have to go to, into all of them and extract all in one go. And it, if you die, it wipes your progress. So colleagues part one, it's it's that series. But colleagues part three was just like a really weird. It was a really weird quest. Like, Make culture great again. And yes, that's the one. Thank you, Sad. Um, colleagues part three was a really weird one where there were two separate sets of quests. There was one from Jaeger. I think it's this one anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this, it was the, um, there was the one from Jaeger where you had to kill Sanitar. And then therapist one was like, don't kill Sanitar, but give me all of these things. I think, I think it was that one. Hmm. Now I'm doubting myself. Either which way, Colleagues part three was really stupid because you, you had to give her like a blue, like a find in raid blue terror group i was it i think it was finding right of terror groups blue or maybe actually maybe it was just normal i'm like misremembering all over the place here anyway it was a blue card and a green card and it didn't make any sense because blue and green are you know incredibly expensive and incredibly rare and uh, you used to get some stupid stuff as the reward right it just wasn't worth it and they've actually changed that quest now to 10 lab just normal labs access key cards which is doable if you kill enough bosses and do scav enough like it's 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 doable and for that, now rather than getting stupid stuff, you get 
some Grizzlies and uh, two of Dolboss twos, or five of Dolboss twos, which is fine. You also get a black key card. So it's actually worth doing at this point, because black is a good key card. Although I will caveat, and there's been a lot of conversations going on in my uh, Discord about this, about how it's actually a lot less hard to get now because they've increased the global stock. Oh, they did. It's not just mm. it's not just sold out continuously at the moment. Um, I think they did that with the thick case as well. Like I haven't gone and looked myself. A lot of people think the thick that, case yeah. stock has gone up a lot, and that's why moonshine's gone up a lot. Moonshine is actually really expensive. So I've ended up building the moonshine like the the distillery thing. Um, I always uh, booze generator, isn't it? But I always like think of it as distillery because booze just like no one says that. Um, but I actually built it in the end because you could buy sugars for forty to fifty k. And the water's for 150. So it should really be about 240, 250. But he's selling on the flea for 280, 290, like consistently 270, 280, 290. And I was like, oh, I'm now I'm paying a 30% markup if, or a 30K markup if I want to go and put it in my scav mm. case. So I'll, I'll build it anyway. I mean, I was going to build it at some point. Um, but normally it's just not really worth it because the values, the values usually in the water filters to super water part as opposed to the crafting the moonshine part. So anyway, so yeah, so black the black key card. I think you can now get it from the barter like a bit cheaper. Like it was, it's expensive on the flea, but because you can do the barter trade now, I think it's only five or six mil. So I so I heard. I haven't gone and done the, the math myself. Um, so that's kind of an interesting one. And then there's like a bunch of others. There's like crisis, which is like a really high level one, which is find five ledexes, and now that's three. Um, <laughs> find. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess kind of now you you. Uh... Yeah, and it's a little the, like, easier thing. to craft them. Maybe you need the you need the silicon integrated optronic circuits book or whatever. Yeah. Apparently, you get that from Lightkeeper, or there's a, like an infinitesimally small chance of it spawning on Lighthouse these days. I actually do have. Well, I guess you'd need one each time. There's a there's a weird circuit board that you need as well for doing that craft. Hmm. I found one on, on Labs in one of those spots again. So I have one. I actually found one and died with it. And then I found another one and survived with it. So I actually have one. But without the book, it's not useful. I'm not sure what else it's useful for. I don't think, it, I don't think really anything. Um, maybe it's just that craft. I don't know. Maybe there's some other stuff. But um, yeah, there's like a whole... It's, it's mostly high-level quests that they changed. If, if yeah. The thing like, you know, kill Sturman 25 times is now kill Sturman 20 times. The swift one, which is kill PMCs without armor or helmets, rather than 20, that's 15. Um, it's like there's nothing super crazy. I, I don't think nothing super crazy. I mean, there was um, one more. You know, I, I, well, I guess I guess it's still locked behind the quest. But now the GLs are because I think you could do the quests to unlock them. Worst job yeah, in the world, so, best job in the world. Yeah, and they changed the barter from the Terra Blue, blue folders plus a, these new electronic components to. Intel folder and electron components, and similarly for for the GP as well. It's Intel and OC shells now. But for which was that the GP twenty five, the Russian GL? Oh, you can craft them. No, no. So, so the barter. Once you do the quest, oh, the barter. yeah, yeah. Oh, so, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. worst worst job in the world is for one GL type, and then best job in the world is for the other GL type, and um, the uh, the you know the. American one takes the Intel folder and four electronic components, and the GP one takes one Intel folder and two OC shells. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. There was the one at the end. 
intrigued me slightly. So there's point 11 on their list, which was assessment part one, which kind of like neatly moves into what we want to talk about, which is Lightkeeper, really. So assessment part one is part of the Lightkeeper series. And I think it's one of the earlier parts, which people find particularly problematic. So assessment part one, the original, uh, the original title for this is eliminate 20 PMC operatives at the lighthouse premises. And I think that one was kind of anywhere like on the bridge, around the bridge, like all, all of that sort of area. So I think in the first section up to the Southern Road extract, I think you could, I'm not sure entirely where that was, but on their list of stuff, it now says assessment part one will be adjusted in the next update. Um, and it specifically says that. So I don't know whether they've done that yet or not. And it says expanded the zone in which the kills will be counted for the quest. So who knows exactly what that means? Maybe that's just a bit easier to do now. Maybe you can be anywhere in the sort of south section of the lighthouse map, which would be better, I suppose. Because um, I know that that quest in particular has caused some consternation amongst the player base as to it's yet another quest where you have to kill people in a specific area. And it reminds everyone of capturing outposts and everyone hates it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see this is the thing that's kind of confusing, which I I mean, I'm so out of touch with this stuff nowadays that I can't really keep up with it. But at one, you know, when I think when Lighthouse first came out, right, there was this one quest where you had to go. I think it was Ragman, maybe. Maybe it was Mechanic, I don't know. But it's like go investigate the light keeper area, and you and it's you remember this stupid mm. quest? You had mm-hmm. to run to the truck, but you couldn't run like you know behind the truck. You had to run into the sniper zone where you would get sniped and take damage. It was it, it was such a dumb quest, but it almost feels. And now that quest is gone; it's not in the game anymore. To my to my knowledge, I could be wrong. I'm not like I said, I'm not up to date on this stuff. But it almost seems like. They had this quest in mind for that quest. Do you know what I mean? Because oh yeah, that's like the I I I don't know the zone, but I heard it's like a, this weird small area. And then most people's complaint is like no one ever goes there unless they're like already past the lightkeeper quest. So if you're like the first one, you know, if you're like the first batch that's you know speed running or whatever and you get that quest like how are you ever gonna like re you know what i mean how like at least with uh capturing outposts um you know strongholds of loot poi um Mm. the pier is a quest poi and the med camp is a uh you know loot poi so I, i don't know it's that's my hypothesis but uh Anyways, they said they're expanding it, which is cool, I guess. It, it, <laughs> I don't know. So uh, It's such a weird thing seeing these quests because the most notable one is Colleague Part 3, because it's kind of what yeah. I remember. And I've done like some of the other ones at Crisis, but I just can't ever see me doing this stuff again, so I just like kind of don't care. Um, yeah. Even though they like, change and like some of the rewards are better and stuff, which is, I mean, it's, it's like... It's like a buff to grinding, <laughs> or maybe a nerf to grinding, depending on how you look at it, and a buff to like doing the grind. But I, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's just kind of a. No, I know what you mean. I absolutely know what you mean. You know, it's like a lot of these quests I've never touched. They're too, they're too far down the, the line. And um, it's one of those things I tend to play the most. I mean, it's like a lot of people buy to play most at the start and then I slow it down and I just like focus on the content side and don't play as much. And um, 
these quests I just never I just never reach. I just never reach them. I don't get the opportunity to. I don't reach the levels for them. Um and we'll see. We'll see what happens, but just I'm not super keen on I don't know, just like what's what's it doesn't feel much point. Like I tend to have more fun doing other stuff. Yeah. There's a bit more self-directed than doing these these specific things that I'm asked to do. I mean, the Lightkeeper thing, I sort of do get it, though, because it is its own thing. But as far as we we can tell for now, there's not really anything anything there, right? If there was a... I'm still surprised that they haven't put the trading mechanic in. Like, I'm pretty... I was sure that that must come with, with the Lightkeeper, but it didn't, didn't seem to have, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the last... Before we talk about the Lightkeeper, the last noble thing I want to say about this... Uh, update was they added the Harris mm-hmm. bipod for the DVL, the skier for which I'm like, that's probably like the biggest thing for me because man, that's annoying when you go to like buy it in the presets and then it grabs one off the flea market for a hundred million rubles or whatever. You know, I hate <laughs> that. So it's a that, uh, that's a nice like uh, common men's quality life change for me. That's good. I never used the DVL, so it never really bothered me. I saw that and I thought, oh, that's a funny one. I guess, yeah, I guess it's because you can't get it any other way. But um, it makes sense. Yeah, people love to get them out of boxes, like anything like this, right? People love to take them out. There's the old classic, and I don't think, because like, nobody really uses this anymore. The player base has moved on. But the old classic was the AKMS, and then you split the stock off and then sell the wireframe stock on the flea for 25K or something, and then sell the actual AKMS on the flea separately. And then people buy it and then they're like, oh, crap, this has got no stock. And then they go on the flea market and you're there yeah. with the one for like 25000 <laughs> or something. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, you have to price it just so that people can't be bothered to go and get a different one. And they yeah. don't sell back. They're like, oh, I'll just buy it and put it on. You know, there's like the, the real shenanigans, the old market shenanigans. Oh, boy. But yeah, dude, Lightkeeper, man. Um, I'm, like you said, I'm kind of just still shook that it's not. Uh... There's a big, there's a big letdown that he's not any trading in there. Um, he seems more story related, which you know has some potential. Um, I think maybe I've given story a bad rep, but um, it, 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 they're, they're depending on what they do. You know, it's it could be very interesting, um, a cool thing to experience. You know, it seems yeah. like there's some hints. You know, he says some dialogue like he. You think you can escape Tarkov? <laughs> you can never escape. You know, it all seems kind of temporary placeholder stuff for now. I guess it'll be embellished with the real storyline. I suppose. Like, I think they said that there's. Am I, am I right in this? There's going to be multiple ways to leave. Eventually, I think that. I think that was the plan. Because <laughs> I, I, I think that. Because I think the original plan is to leave through Terminal, I think, is to you have to do something and then leave through Terminal. Whether that is the Lightkeeper thing, I'm not sure. But it'd be kind of neat if there was like multiple, you know, it's a bit like um, a bit like those uh, strategy type games like Civ and things where, you know, you can win with like a technological victory or you can win with a, you know, a war victory or, you know, you like there's what, you know, there's one where you amass a certain amount of rubles, one where you have to like do loads of quests for Lightkeeper, one where you have to do, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting if there was different ways of doing it for different types of play styles. That'd be quite fun. Um, it'd be quite a neat way of, of doing it rather than just forcing everybody down the Lightkeeper route if they want to do it. You know, you could just amass a huge fortune and then pay, like bribe your way out through Terminal or whatever as another alternative. I think that'd be kind of neat. But um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's, uh, it, Lightkeeper's just a it's, a, it's a, it's a tricky one. I know, I know that a lot of people 
really wanted to go and get access to him this way because of the whole idea for being mm-hmm. what he barters for. Because that was really the whole point. And um, I don't think, like some people were saying that it's as difficult as getting Kappa. And I'm not sure. I think a lot of people have sort of done both together. People who are getting Kappa were getting, you know, Lightkeeper after that. And it seems like people have been getting him relatively quickly. I mean, it's, it depends on what you think is the, is difficult or not. So yeah, the, the initial requirements, at least, to get... So Network Provider Part 1 is the first quest that you get from Mechanic to go and investigate Lightkeeper in the first place. And there's, like a, there's a series of quests, including Assessment. Um, I, was like, I was just having a look at this before. So I think you know, it's Network Providers 1 and 2, Assessment 1 and 2 and 3. The key to the tower, Jesus, man. knock, knock, and then getting acquainted. And getting acquainted, um, I think, is the one. Is that, is that the one? Yeah, because the one after getting acquainted, information source is the first one that you actually get from Lightkeeper himself. So at, at one point along that route, I think it was, it's either knock, knock, or getting acquainted, where you can actually then go into the, the Lightkeeper area in the lighthouse, which is... As a lot of people have said, it's like basically a free, a free money run for anybody who's you know Uber Chad grinded to that point because the lighthouse is full of insane stuff, and no one else can go in there because you have the special signal transmitter mm-hmm. that allows you to avoid the mines. So as long as you can get back and forth, and presumably if you have the southern exit, the southern road exit, Xfil, then it's super easy. But anyway, to get on to network provider part one. You have to have a scout karma of two, have completed Punisher Part 5, Bullshit, House Arrest Part 1, which is one of the streets ones, I think, Cargo X Part 4, Peacekeeping Mission, Living High is Not a Crime 2, Blood of War Part 2, Tarkov Shooter 7, Gunsmith 15, Broadcast Part 2, Decontamination Service, Drug Trafficking, and Huntsman Path Forest Cleaning. So it's not actually that bad to like get onto the treadmill of Lightkeeper. It, what I find kind of interesting is that you don't have to complete Tarkov Shooter Part 8, for example. It's Tarkov Shooter Part 7. And the same thing with Punishers, like Punisher Part 5, not Punisher Part 6. Like, it could easily be Punisher Part 6 and Tarkov Shooter 8 and blah, blah. But you, the quest requirement is not that bad. However, <laughs> and I think, I think Dan Exert went, like, borderline mental doing this, even the very first part of this, because you have to find four electronics components, which is easy, gas analyzers, which is easy, Broken G phones, which is easy, and four military CFDM wireless signal transmitters, which is not actually that easy if you're looking specifically for them, it turns out, because they're quite rare. And um, finding four of them is quite, is quite a lot. And so, even at the very first, very first quest, it's a lot of like just running spawns and RNG. And it's, I think that was, that was what kind of put me off anyway, was. I just not sure if I really want to spend my time looking for four That's military thing, right? COFDM wireless signal transmitters. <laughs> yeah. And there's no craft for these things, you know? There's no craft for that. So you have to go and actually find them. And they have to be finding raid. The question is, do you do you want to do that when there's right now there's not really any reward at the end? Yeah, I mean I I think the reward is the story, but that's kind of the thing is like I don't think there's a lot there from what i've seen and heard but i could be wrong but you know i think obviously they'll expand that but even then it's just kind of like uh like i'm looking at this one getting acquainted quest Mm -hmm. and uh (laughs) that's the first one that's the very first one yeah this is the one airing was on i guess i i was watching the stream and he alt tapped to the wiki (laughs) as you do when you're 
playing Tarkov, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> there's like 50 screenshots of locations you gotta go to, and there's 20 flash drives you have to loot within the rope camp. <laughs> Just like, God, kill. Like, I, I do not hate myself enough to do this. Yeah. And, and trust me, <laughs> I hate myself. As <laughs> so that's saying something, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is like, because uh, I mean, like, what's the, like, uh, you know, if I play like a story based game, you know what I mean? It's usually like the characters, the, their motivations, you know, like how they uh, evolve throughout the progression of the narrative. You know what I mean? This is just like me running. Me alt tabbing, looking at places I need to go run, tap F onto. Like, there's some environmental storytelling, which is, you know, kind of neat. But, like, I, I just, like, I don't really see what's the, why am I going to, like, torture myself through the, you know what I mean? What's the payoff? Yeah. Payoff is the story. Again, the story's not fully there. It's just a weird thing. We'll see is kind of where what I'm saying right now. My gut reaction is why did they do like you know what i mean like is this a placeholder quest because they said they were you know all the old quests were placeholder quests and then is this not a placeholder quest is it a placeholder quest because if it's not a placeholder quest then i'm just kind of like a little worried about this Mm -hmm. you know golden promised land of 1.0 storyline quest but yeah, I think the issue with the quest design for me for stuff like this is like, okay, so rather than going to one specific place to go and find whatever quest item that we need, they're like, oh, the quests are dynamic now, guys. So now you don't know where it is, and now it might be in these these twenty places. <laughs> the wiki has the screenshots of each individual. Yeah, and it's like it's not like it's not the the problem for me is that mm. it's not it's not smart, it's not intelligent. Right? It doesn't you know other games that you play have devices in them to allow you to you know they give you a hint and a clue and you can work it out yourself whatever like this is just it's just brute force it's just nothing there's nothing smart about it you know and that's that's always the thing that i take offense to a little bit trial about. and error type of thing but the, yeah it's like it's yeah. the, the community's trial and error until everyone knows how to solve it it's like right. and then and then that's it it's just it's solved rather than presenting each player with some kind of you know, it's it's and the thing is, it's difficult to do. Don't get me wrong. That's that's why it's that's why it's so engaging. It's, it's challenging to make something that is one set of challenge, but it's different for each player. But it's different in a sort of problem solving kind of way. So you still have to work it out. But you can't just go and look at the set of spawns. Like it, the fact that it's in twenty different locations rather than one. The only difference there is that you now have to grind more, to go and look for it. You have to look in a load of different places. Um, it doesn't doesn't necessarily make it any more engaging. It just makes it take longer. Oh, you just need one flash drive. Okay. Yeah, you just need. But you there's just need twenty one. different. It's twenty different places uh, it could be. Uh, no, no, no. It's there's twenty different. Wait, what is? Because there's mul- multiple different. Or no, no. You're right. You're right. There's twenty different places it could be. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's like the key. It's like the key in the uh... the ballet lover quest. I mean, you probably haven't done that one, but there's uh, you know on streets. It's like one of the, the, the Ragman the... streets quests. Yeah, it's just like you have to go to the ballet apartment, like the, the musician apartment thing, mm-hmm. and then you have to find this key in okay. the apartment. And again, it's like there's 15 places it could be, and some of them, they're oh, like... Oh, yeah, I think I did... Oh, is that the one in the center apartment? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, it's some just of them, like... 
Yeah. And it's dark in there and you're like, it's like slightly clipping through the pages on a book on the table or whatever. And you're like, how would I ever, how would I ever find this yeah. otherwise? Like there's no, there's no reasonable way. And this is the problem, right? It's like, if you decide, right, I'm going to do it on my own. There's no reasonable way that you ever could with the information that you're given. When you use the wiki, right. it becomes incredibly <laughs> straightforward. And so there's no middle ground where you can feel satisfied by doing a good job because the, the design of it just doesn't let you, right? It's like it, you're just not well, able to work it out. See, I, this reminds me of, and I think we talked about it before, so I won't harvest it too much, but Chemical Part 1, where you're the hobo guy. Um, mm -hmm. There's... And I have to look at all the quest dialogue, but I feel like there's just not enough, uh, you know, hints or there's not enough info, right? To like really, you know what I mean? Like, because that's the thing is like, because I I can't remember what quest it was. I want to say it was this quest, but like, it couldn't. It had to have been a previous quest, but it was just like, you know, okay, I'm gonna actually try to do the thing, read the dialogue, and it's just like. Dialogue, you know, basically flavor text, and then down at the bottom, random ass quest. Go loot the golden Zippo. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, I'll just go to the wiki, and they'll tell me where to go because nothing else is relevant. So, it's, that's the part too. That's just like because there's gonna there's gonna be people that are just gonna want to do the most efficient thing, whatever, and that's fine. They get the wiki for that, but like. Uh, there just seems like an opportunity to you know do something clever, as you said, uh, something intelligent. And it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, just something weird. like they tell you where to go in the first instance, and you go there, and then you like I guess it amounts to the same thing, but it still would make it feel better. You go somewhere, and then it like maybe it gives you a location which gets like marked on an in-game map or something, and then you have to then visit that or something that just feels a bit more engaging rather than just like looking at the wiki. Like you couldn't look at the wiki for that. Like you could look at the wiki, and it would tell you how to do it, like what the steps are. But he'd be like, well, you're going to have to look at whatever it says in game and, and work it out. Or it, it asks you to do something specific or go somewhere else. And it's maybe a little like treasure hunt kind of thing. That would be better, in my opinion. Like, because the way it is now, it just yeah, it doesn't make sense. Oh, OK. They actually do say such software can be obtained from the XU6 at the large treatment plant. OK. Um, reading the uh, the uh, find the flash drive and the thing so well, i mean at least it tells you at least it tells yeah, you that like they're in you. you know the a flash drive is really tiny and you're looking at some of the screenshots right and it's right, like right on the corner of this wooden box by a weapons box yeah. here's the here's the wide area you know what i mean we told you where like you know what i mean there's not like some clever uh you have to like take dialogues from what other characters have said you know yeah. match them up you know and you know whatever you know what i mean i, I wish i don't really like play a lot of these games um probably the most recent thing i played that was like puzzly was uh some horror game and like the puzzle like i was looking at the puzzle and i was trying like so hard <laughs> to figure it out <laughs> and i guess just whatever like thought process my brain had i was just like so deep down that track that like the obvious thing it was like such an easy puzzle you know but i was like doing this like advanced yeah, anyways and uh so eventually like you know 30 minutes to an hour in <laughs> i all tapped and looked it up and i was like oh my god it's that easy you know but um you know it was it was uh things like that are, are a nice uh nice way of going about things i feel like so it's yeah it's tough 
But you know what? I mean, if if they make the, I could see them doing a lot of cool stuff with like the story, like because there's a lot of unknowns, there's a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously we kind of know our motivations. We can't. We want to get get out, presumably. Um, anyways, maybe there's a reason to stay, but I don't. I, I don't know if there is. Maybe maybe they'll present that to you in the, you know, um, story that you you know yeah. there may be like an alternate path that you know you as a player may want to do, and then they'll have that path. Join but, the cult. Yeah, something something like you know, stay in Tarkov and cause chaos. I'm a badass as I put out my cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like him because seemingly come and go as he pleases and he's just messing around. So, or, you know, making it... The like keeper can come and go as he pleases is sort of the implication from some of his stuff. I haven't oh, actually really? seen... And I should go and read some of the text from some of the other quests because I only saw, like, the initial opening chat. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, he can kind of come and go, it seems. Oh, yeah, should we say spoilers? Say, Guys, spoilers? Well, it's a bit late for that. <laughs> it's a bit late for that. Also, it's all, it's it's quite you know it's been out for so long now that <laughs> this, I, I think anybody who is yeah I feel right I feel like it's been out for so long and you know if you are you know the guy that really wants to do it and you can only play an hour every week you know I'm sorry we we ruined it for you but and that and you're probably not going to get that but um, yeah that's, that's the thing right as well it's like such a freaking long grind man long grind. Yeah, because which are the other problematic parts? Where's where's the bottleneck? So the the four military CFDMs is kind of bad, and then because I I hadn't really looked through it until very recently, like network provider two, you have to set up these transmitters in places, which is that doesn't seem too bad. And then assessment part one, which is kill the twenty PMCs at the ridiculous lighthouse premises, and that's the quest we were talking about before. Assessment part two is like marking bunkers. That's kind of all right. Um, oh yeah, ass- assessment part three. Okay, this is the one that gets a lot of people stuck. So you have to kill ten raiders. Then you have to find twenty SJ ones in, in raid, eight SJ sixes in raid, and two SJ nines in raid. And it's the SJ nines that normally scupper everybody because SJ nines are really rare. They're the like anti thermal, yeah, like cult cultist one. It's so grinding, dude. Which is like super grindy. I, th- I think I actually have two from just like either scaving or the moonshine case when mm. I was trying to get samples done. But I um, mean, yeah, 20 S you want them. I think you can craft those. So maybe that's not too bad. Um, and then you move on, like, keys to the tower. You have to find plexiglass, insulating tape, military circuit boards, another CFDM wireless signal transmitter, and a working LCD. Um, and then get the radio transmitter body on Lighthouse. I'm not sure, exactly sure where that is. Um, but I think, like, once you get through some of those earlier ones, I do think it gets a little bit easier. And then you get access. You have to just check that the transponder works. Um, and then you have to go and find the secure flash drive to encode it and then go and visit Lightkeeper. And then you get information source, the first one for Lightkeeper. But I haven't actually gone through and read all of the like, flavor text from all of the other Lightkeeper things. I've only ever seen like the first interaction with him. Yeah. It'll be kind of interesting. Because I do remember like previously when I've looked through all the quest dialogue, especially for things like Mechanic Gunsmith and stuff. It does hint to lots of stuff in the story. So it could be cool. It could be. It's just the the other. This is the weird thing too. Is like they're doing a lot of storytelling through the videos, which is like promotional material. But maybe that's the goal, and it's fine. I just I would just think that you know we. That's kind of the unique thing about video games is you know as an art, 
you get to actively participate or engage in it. You know what I mean? Whereas like a painting, you just kind of look at, you know, you're, you're not really in that involved. Um, yeah. So that like how, like having Rigi as a character inside the game would be really cool. Um, but I mean, of course these things are easier than buns. Just, uh, and then that's coming back, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, they said they're bringing them, bringing them back. So we will, we will see. But ah, oh, man, I just still part of me is like, I don't, I just, I really thought they were gonna have the trading. Like, oh man, dude, is it? Is he not just a uh, quest giver that's in the game? That's kind of it. Right, you can't interact with him at all outside I of that. Think, well, as as far as I have seen so far, I mean, I think I would have known otherwise. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do with him. There's actually loads of quests. I'm just like opening them up now, and there's like a lot, and all of them have 24 hour delays, <laughs> especially at the end. They have 24 hour delays, so you can't yeah. just ram through them. <laughs> and um, and I think you know the guys who did end up going through and finishing them all got to the very last one, which seems to be. The trouble in the big city, where you have to locate a transport cargo cargo on streets, kill fifty PMCs, mark the uh, fifty PMCs is a lot, uh, launch a yellow flare, mark some cargo, and survive an extract. And after that, doesn't seem to be anything. That's it. Just finishes. But no more quests. No trading. I've, I'm quite sad that the trading is not in. So they brought him in, and the trading's not in. Because that was the I've... whole point. I, that's the thing. I really thought that was going to be such a big deal, um, just like as the game as a whole, but specifically for the map Lighthouse, because you had all the action, more or less. Um, I mean, that's not entirely true once they open up the island, but um, a lot of the action was really focused at the camp, the, mm-hmm. the USAC camp. And that would have bring a cool dynamic where, you know, now it's like the map split 50 50. And you had this trader up there, you know, how does the interaction work? Did you like, you know, I could see you like bringing loot in to then trade with him. But if you didn't make it, you died and you dropped that loot or you bought it, you brought it out, you died, someone got it. You know, I could see like a lot of cool things. You kill a guy randomly who had all this gear that he's planning to sell to him or, you know, whatever. Um, But no, he's just, <laughs> first of all, it's impossible to get there unless you follow the extremely linear path to do that, right? Now, you can do... I've seen some videos where they, like, mastered the art of, like, tripping the claymores. And this is the other thing that's weird, too, is, like, there's no, like, alternate thing. Like, you you can't... It's like they specifically designed it to where you have to have the transponder. Like, they didn't want you to, to, like, you know, maneuver around it. No, it was, like, designed... Laid out yeah. in a way where where you weren't able to do that, and and they're invulnerable. You can't shoot them. I don't know if that's a real life thing, by the way, but point that out there. You know, COD logic. You can't shoot them. There's nothing you can. You know what I mean? It's just like they're bottlenecking you through this tedious yeah. grinding process. And 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 I was just like, man, that's what they brought <laughs> to the table. You know, I was just damn, dude. It's yeah, it's a really big letdown. It is a bit. It is a bit. I mean, I appreciate if it's not ready because because they, they kind of had to put the patch out right because they said that streets is coming and that yada yada. yada. I would rather. I, I think. I think at this point, I'd rather them just like have not brought him well, in. Why? 
But why? Yeah, why? That's what I'm saying. Why bring him in? Like, what? Who cares? You did all this work with Lightkeeper Task on Streets. I literally don't care about Task, bro. I didn't play your game to play your Task. I'm sorry. Like, Tarkov for me is not the the fun in Tarkov is not doing tedious tasks. It's about getting into that tense situation. You know that that yeah. high stakes, and sometimes the tasks can add to that but it's in a very like artificial way like oh i need to kill this guy from 100 meters oh it's so tense is he is he 90 meters or is he 100 i don't know you know <laughs> yeah sometimes they can add but yeah it's like you're you're right though right we don't play we don't play tarkov just for them to add more tasks for us to do more tasks and there is an element of that because there is an element of the community that says like oh there's nothing to do you know we're all bored now and like this has given them a lot more stuff so that's fair enough um, but it's kind of a shame that like for that to be the thing, everyone else is locked out of it, and then there isn't the trading mechanic either. Like, yeah, if it wasn't ready, then fine, don't release it. But I, I almost feel like they maybe should just not have released him. Like, Streets was fine anyway. Streets would have been fine without Lightkeeper. Lightkeeper is really a non-event for this this wipe actually. After all of the initial, you know, hype and, and stuff, the fact that they released him without the trading mechanic, I think, is a bit maybe it's short-sighted. I mean, there were there were other bugs though, right? So maybe it was worthwhile in the end. You know, you used to be able to get the transponder for a failing bullshit, and then go just going straight into the <laughs> the lighthouse island and stuff. So, you know, we've bug tested that kind of stuff first. Maybe maybe there was some value there, just as a, from a like beta perspective. But uh, I, I don't know from a, an actual like gameplay perspective, there wasn't really much point of having him there without the trading it's... mechanic. And yeah, maybe it's just not finished. So fair enough. Well, okay. Well, let's let's say they put it in next swipe. <laughs> Mm. Am I still gonna like do all that? The good no, like I just, I just thought I, I don't know, man. Well, the thing is, like, it's like, will you do all that? Like, maybe, like, maybe. I'm not, right. I'm not even sure if I'm not even sure if I'm like. I don't know if I even can. Like, if he gives me a cheese, or sorry, if I can give him a cheese and he'll give me, you know, five bazillion Altons, you know, Amazon drone delivery to my stash. <laughs> yeah, it's probably worth doing, you guys. But I mean, it's a lot of grind. It's just, I don't know, man. It's it's such a... I really wish they focused more on, like, the just the loop part and not tacking on these. It just feels like... This is a perfect example. All these 24-hour bullshit at... Like, God, dude, that's such a stupid thing. It's so annoying. I'm just trying to progress to the game and you just hit a time gate. It's just, like... Why did they feel the need to put that in? Because they didn't want people to complain about not having content. Like I, I, I don't know. It's just and, and yeah, to, maybe to be fair, space it out a bit more. But even still, yeah, it doesn't really do much. Yeah, and to be fair, you one argument could be had that well, they need to make the game more uh, challenging. Therefore, you have more stakes and you know more risk involved, and then the. You know, the problem with that is <laughs> you you kind of make your game, you know, less enjoyable as well. Because you, you mm-hmm. there's probably like a ideal win ratio. Some like, you know, research paper has come up with. It's probably like 53%. Like you want to just like slightly be winning a little bit more than you're losing. Um, so I, it is, I don't know. It's, it's tough. But all in all. They, there's, I think there's, I really think there could be some pretty cool potential for storytelling with some of these characters, you know, Lightkeeper's got some, some mysteries behind them, and then 
once they finally get that in, it may be a cool, a cool thing to go through um, at some point, or at least, at the very least, watch someone go through. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, it was almost more interesting seeing the community side of it and like seeing people reach it, and then the first video of somebody actually getting there. Because I didn't mind spoiling it for myself, because you know, I'll, I'll still be. I'm still I'm not sure whether I'll even see the very first quest from him. You know, I'm not, I don't even know right now whether I'm even going to do that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. So I was like, I want to know earlier what it looks like and, and how it's going just so we can have thoughts about it before we reach ourselves. Like I, I wasn't super interested in keeping myself pure for the experience or anything like that. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how, as you say, mixes with kind of like the, the, the main storyline, because that's really what it all comes down to. It's just a bit. I don't know. I don't know how the main storyline is going to really like play out and how much testing is going to be needed on it and how busted it might be when it first appears. Because a lot yeah. of these things, they, they, they always are, right? I, I'm just I really want to know what game loop they have in mind with the I, with this storyline thing. I think it's going to be the same that we have now. Um, but there's going to be a lot more detail to the flavor text, if you will. You know, I think mm -hmm. there will be which, which and, and well, and not only that, I I want to believe that they will put in all the traders in raid, and all of them will be you know animated and like basically Giga. Think of Stalker, right? You've played Stalker, or you've seen? Stalker I haven't actually. I've seen a bit of Stalker, but yeah, okay. A lot of the NPCs in there, you know, you like the if you watch a video of a stalker NPC interaction between the player and the, and the NPC, and then the, the Tarkov Lightkeeper interaction, it's like one for one. You know, it's the same kind of like zooms you into like in front of the NPC, and then the little dialogue box pops. Like it's it's like an exact carbon copy. Right. Um, so I I could see them doing a lot of that stuff in the game and having like. You know, it'd be in voice act and all the, the dialogue and then like preppers, like the scummy, you know, old Soviet era guy, you know, he's just, he treats you like a soldier, you know, he's got some interesting quirks about him, you know, it, it depend maybe it plays into your faction, you know, what your ultimate motivations are, how, how the relationships happen. I could see it being a little drama, drama, you know, and it, and then, but as far as like gameplay goes, that's kind of it, you know. It's still like the standard "go here, do this" in the multiplayer setting. You know, it it's nothing really crazy. I, that's that's my thought, and I, I think that could be pretty pretty cool if they do it. Uh, really grandiose and bombastic. Yeah, it could be good. It could be good. It's just like there's so many unknowns. I'm just not sure right now. Yeah. It's we're gonna have to really just have to wait and see on it it's like who knows who knows what it's going to be like i really don't know and i'm intrigued as well just about the main story versus then open like not open world but you know going back into the usual game loop and that kind of thing and opening up the stash like it could be so, it could be so cool with like starting off with nothing and just the backpack and like whatever you've got in your bag and then you finally find the stash and and it could be it could be so neat i almost i wonder if they're like there's some of the advantages for eod will be kind of unwound when that occurs maybe the stash will still be big when you get in there if you've got eod but before then you won't have it be let interesting me, let me ask you this too because i was thinking about this let's say hypothetically one point comes out and you know the new map is is streets okay because that's kind of what 
Nikita's hinted at. Yeah, like we're starting that, right? Right, right. And that's like the new map. Um, <laughs> is that a fair new map? Like, isn't that map kind of brutal? Like, because this is the other thing I was thinking is sniper scabs are really annoying for new players because you have no idea that you're getting shot at by sniper scav. Mm-hmm. You know, until you like figure out that that's a thing and that they can spawn there, and then you kind of want to scope to also counter snipe them. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that idea of streets being the the new player map? I'm not sure if it's going to be the new player map per se. I think it might be the place that you open up anyway. I think I think there might be another map. As a new map. Did Nikita say that at some point? I feel like he did, but I'm not sure. But anyway, streets should, as you say, streets should be the at least where you begin. Mm-hmm. That said, like, yeah, I mean, yes, it depends what they do with the expansions and which bit you're going to start in, because you are right. Streets is brutal when you first play it because of the reasons that I've talked about in the past, <laughs> such as. The unintuitive nature of the map. <laughs> Running up to every door that looks the same. Yeah, simply you just you yeah. just don't know what you can and can't interact with. You don't yeah. know which windows you can and can't be shot from. Yeah. You don't know how hard because like the the buildings are really tall. You don't know if you could go up to the 14th floor right. when you first yeah. start. After playing it for a bit, you know you basically can't go up after the second floor on pretty much anything. But that means you don't have to look up anymore. Right. Except for the couple of sniper scav spots. So like, yeah, it's it, you need to be you need to learn those things. As a new player, it's there's an overwhelming amount of stuff that you need to do. And then the streets are going to be pretty nutty. So it, it depends on what they do. Like maybe what we're looking at now is quite a hot area. Um, I think it's going to depend just on where they start you and what those zones kind of look like as to how brutal it might be. I do think it would be a mistake to start new players right in the middle of streets in its existing iteration. I'll say that. I will agree with you on that. Because, yeah, it's rough. And when I first started playing it, it was rough. And the spawns are rough. Everyone knows where you are. You run yeah, down the street. Yeah, and you're, you start getting Tarkov shot problem. at. It is... Yes. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty bad on streets in certain, in certain places. But um, just like when you're running down the street and you're getting shot at, and you're like, oh, where can I go in? Not there. Not there. Not there. Ah! <laughs> you know, and then you just, you just die can be a bit sad so yeah it'd be it'd be rough I, I i really really feel i just don't have it in front of me at all it's in the reddit thread somewhere I've, i really feel like he mentioned somewhere that there was going to be a new player net a map i don't know okay. whether that's part of the tutorial or something i don't think he said i don't think he, there's even any way of me finding it now so maybe i'm just misremembering it but i could have sworn that he said there was going to be like a new player map at some point that'd be a, i mean i, I think know. that'd be a good thing because you could have like basically you fill it up with crap loot. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like pack like kinda how fact factory is. Like there's pack of spawns and M3 spawns, you know? Yeah. Um but I just I don't Factory is just like such a weird map because it is so small. You know, it has like the problem Starcraft has with like the spawns. It's so small and compact, close quarter combat. Like you need to like have a lot of like combat knowledge. Like your survival knowledge really isn't mm. there. Um, you gotta have map knowledge to like evade, and then you don't really have to worry about water hydration because it's like a fifteen minute or twenty minute raid. You know, that's yeah. why I like I kind of like woods is like the new player map because it's you get a bit of like 
exploration and there's a lot of food on the map so you can like deal with that elements there's like scavs and scattered about um yes you can eat m61 from jupiter <laughs> quite often but uh anyways. you can't lose people and stuff it's not too bad i could see them doing like a new map that's like relatively you know maybe it's like three exercise a factory it's open there's like one central scav area you know that's uh yeah and they, you know, there's some crap, bunch of crap loot everywhere <laughs> to keep all the like chads away from it. You know what I mean? That's that'd be, that'd be my. Maybe they make it exclusively like under level five can play on it, which could could be a good thing or a bad thing. But it would be an interesting thing. I mean, I talked about this before, just in having like even on the same maps. That was my previous idea where you had like different scenarios, but you know, they get harder in various ways, and the loot gets tiered up. Um, we're kind of talking along those same lines. They were saying, "I remember that." Yeah, don't necessarily like cap the the map. Like anybody can go, but high tier players just wouldn't because the map is because people go to factory because it's tiny. Specifically, like it's that specific feature, the fact that it's tiny and you know you'll meet other PMCs almost immediately, and the the map's quite formulaic in in many ways, and the extractor right there like they're within it's a great there's an extract pretty much within 15 meters of you no matter where you are you could go to woods of a cash 23 and a flash round in it or you could just go to factory for the quest yeah. you know it's a great exactly. questing map you know you're going to be for certain quests it's like the, yeah the meta way just because it's you know you're going to find somebody and it's fun right. for, for pvp and the, the map runs like a dream as well so mm-hmm. you get like super performance on there which is cool um, well, so if you had like a new map which like had crap loot but it was also big and took you know 25 minutes to get out of like it was wood sized but nowhere near as maybe not even that maybe maybe smaller but not like not 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 uh not factory sized you know what i mean just yeah, like, yeah i know what you mean still sure. takes a bit of time to get out like and then people would avoid it by choice as opposed to having to say oh only under level five can go on it or oh if you're over level 20 you're not allowed on that map anymore you know stuff like this Oh, well, that would almost be kind of interesting. Hmm. Can you imagine a sort of mechanic where you lock yourself out? When you reach the level requirement? Yeah, or maybe or it's the... not even a level requirement. Maybe it's like a questing requirement or something. And it's like, there's some particular yeah. trigger somewhere along the line where but you open something else. You know, like maybe you open up labs or maybe you open up another map or, or something different. I'm not sure. For the uh, for closing off that old one for yourself, something like that. So there'd be a reason for players to then like move on and lock themselves out. I mean, you could just you could just do it the way we said, which is disincentivize people from going. Um, but then you, you the issue is you've got these PMC kill quests, so people will just like turn up on the noob map and kill Timmy. Yeah, doing that. So you kind of need to get people out of there somehow. That and that's the thing. It's it's difficult because then that's not even about looting. It's just about right, and that's MCs. that's kind of what I dislike the most about Tarkov is like there's such a focus on linear quest progression because that's like the most efficient way. It's just a more reliable way to get uh, your resources. You buy mm-hmm. them from traders, you know. And yeah. Whereas, like, if you had to like a lot more reliance on going to locations, you know. Um, yeah. less reliance on doing very specific things to reach very specific requirements to them buy resources. Um, anyways, it's, it's 
for. But yeah, it's you're, true, you're right. You're true. right, though. It's it would be <laughs> you would be incentivized to go to the new map <laughs> to get your PFC kills. Like, but maybe see, I don't know, because this is the other thing is if you like if you, okay if if you do let's say the level's five after level five you can no longer go to that map. Okay, let's just it's the new map. Okay, you will have some people that will try to abuse that as much as possible for whatever reason. Maybe it's toxicity related. Maybe it's like metagaming. You know, perhaps there's some strat to mm-hmm. loot that map, you know, get all these items and whatever, die and have them in your security container. I don't I mean, you could see, I'm sure there's could be, there could be something there. Maybe not. Um, and then if you go the other way, which is like, oh, just, you know, the loot's really crap. Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's like nothing there. Then, as you said, people just go there. Level 59. Let me go stop some bullies to get my quest done. Or some Timmy's to get my quest done. So it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's tricky. It is tricky. Yeah, the questing. Because I hadn't really thought about the questing until now. About how you're incentivized to go and do that. On the easiest map that you physically can. Yeah. You try to kill people for these specific quests that require PMC kills. And they require PMC kills no matter, like, there's no level requirement. This, this is the other thing I was going to say. I just remembered. If, if you lock it at level 5, after level 5, you may run into a situation where your Q-times are really long. Because mm. <laughs> there's not, you know what I mean? Like, you need, you need people to play the map. You know, what if every time, you know, you join Late Wipe, you go queue up, and there's, like, one other person in here? Lobby. <laughs> you like never see each other for 20 minutes or whatever it's just maybe that's okay maybe they just make sure that there aren't any pmc kill quests or anything so you could just load into an empty raid just on your own on every quest say... there's a exception <laughs> except for the new map <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> so that you'd have a way of you know you'd always you'd always spawn in maybe there just isn't any player account thresholds or anything you just you're always spawning in and so you may even just go in on your own if it's end wipe but that's fine because you mm-hmm. just get to wander around and kill some scavs you know you're yeah like, we're talking about the timmy map so i guess it doesn't matter so much yeah yeah i would i would see i would say lean more towards doom map not necessarily tutorial um mm. but i guess just because of the nature of tarkov you probably have to do some hard rules Simply because people are going to do the meta thing and go kill, get their kills on that map. Unless you do. <laughs> Except for a factory and also this map. <laughs> on every kill quest. It'll be kind of lame. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like a level cap is probably okay. I've always been of the opinion that something along those lines could be put in. Either It's either like a new map or it's, you know, not it's not skill based matchmaking, but you know maybe you like prioritize low players under the flea market uh, threshold, something like that. Because the flea market threshold for me has always been very important. So right now, oh, if yeah. you match players level one to fourteen together as priority as over other players, that would also be okay to me. Or even just zero to or one to ten would be fine, but up to fourteen is okay because everyone's you know pre flea and pre trader two. So that that kind of makes sense. So like, there's there's lots of like mechanics there that you can help new players with. So uh, pretty, it's it's pretty tough. Yeah, somebody in somebody in chat actually is um, 
they've said they've found it. Nikita's response of initial first map. Yeah, po- post it, and I'll I'll try and I'll try and grab it up. We can talk about exactly what you said. Okay, so it was the. Where is it? Yeah, is it is it at all possible to have one map like Labs, maybe a new map that is PVE raid only, solo or as a team, like a regular MMO raid? Can have a curated story or atmosphere or experience. Just one map, the rest will remain normal PVP. Can have limited entry. And Nikita's response to that particular point was, there will be an initial first map available only for those who are below level ten. This is sixteen days ago, by the way. So this isn't this isn't old. This is like literally two weeks ago when he was when he was posting a bunch. So I'm not going mad. This is it's true. It is true. Yeah. Hmm. And as you say, one of the first comments is like, "Can't wait to see the trolls." We're setting their account over and over. Yeah, to clap some people... fresh cheeks and stuff. Like they're not going to reset their account just to do that. Well, people are going to troll the troll. You know what I mean? Like you can't. No matter what you do, there's people are, are gonna troll, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. uh like a human behavior thing. I don't think that's anyways. Um I'm just trying to think if like, you know, how what are the implications of that? It's level ten, you know, oh below level ten. And there was another be... one. So apparently like later he came somebody actually put a big list of all of the official things that Nikita had said. It was huge. And Nikita replied to that post. This is, this is actually like slightly further down in the thread. And he said, some of the answers were placed incorrectly. For example, I think people misunderstood what you meant about the level 10 thing. So he said, only below level 10. I was talking about a separate location will be limited for players below level 10. It will still be ranked PvP. So it's not going to be, it's not like a PvE only. Because I think that's what the guy yeah, said in his question. Yeah. I think that's why people misunderstood. Right. Because his question was like, that is PvE raid only, da 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 da. And Nikita was like, no, 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 no. That's not what I did. I wasn't saying yes to the whole, the whole question. I was just saying, like, there will be a map under level t- for level ten and under players only, and it's a, a normal map. So I mean, that's yeah, it's that's one that's one perfectly fine way of going about it. You have a level cap, and after that, you can't go back to the map anymore. Fine. Yeah, I guess I guess that's one because if you don't need anything, um, from there, then. Why even have access to it? You know what I mean? It's not like it's going to have something. You know, once I'm, you know, let's say I'm level 30, what does that map have that I can't get on any other map? Nothing. You know what I mean? So I can go to any other yeah. map. You know, so it's like. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. You, you lose know. nothing. It's just, it's just to stop people getting stopped on by that level 30 player. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the thing that we're trying to fix there. And I think that makes total sense. Yeah. How did we end up talking about that? We've gone off on a wild tangent. Uh Lightkeeper <laughs> quest. Oh yeah, you know, Lightkeeper. Questing noob. I don't know. I brought it up. I can't even remember how we got there. But anyway, no, that's interesting. Oh, it's maybe because I, I mentioned it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Interesting one. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if I'm even gonna bother. Like I said I wasn't gonna bother with Capra. I'm still pretty certain I'm not gonna do that. I'm enjoying doing the labs thing, it's kind of fun. Yeah. But it feels, I don't know, it feels like there's more, I just feel like there's more to that. I feel like there's, there's more yeah, you player should... agency there. Yeah, keep doing that, for sure. If you're kind of upgrading the hideout, like there's a reason to go, you're getting into PvP, you're learning this cool new map as well, it's like yeah. fighting in a different style. It's interesting, rather than just going... Throwing yourself. 
yeah to like i'll try and find cfdm things yeah. over and over and over and over and over, and over again it's just like I, i'm kind of doing that but there's so it's many more on i the feel side. like maybe and i feel that the spawn points are kind of scattered enough that it actually is like it makes you explore the whole map mm-hmm. in many ways which is kind of fun like the 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 positions of the of the potential spawn points because they're not discrete spawns like the ones for the 20 quests it's like it can spawn in any of the high value loot spawns so yeah you can go to the dark offices yeah you can go to the cat room yeah you can go to the room next to parking yeah you can go all over the place there's like a tons of different places you can go so there's always kind of a reason to stay in that raid but you don't know whether it's going to be there or not it's not like a quest item when you know it's going to be there and once you find it you leave it may not be there at all. It may not have spawned. Someone else might have got it or whatever. And you just end up getting into like loads of random PvP. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of all right. And I, yeah, I don't feel like I've been forced to go. It's like, you don't need Intel level three. I just kind of want it. But it comes back to your point about the, the meta strategy. I mean, we all know this, right? The meta strategy to do quests. It's the, it, beco- it becomes, it's so the meta strategy that it's like, it's unquestioningly, un- unquestioningly obvious at this point. When people say, what's the best way to level? And everyone just says, do the quest. Just do quests. By far the easiest way. And because I've been slowly chugging away through some of the other ones, like I did bullshit in the other ones just to get to the, um, to get to setup. And then I've been slowing down, trying to do that. And been then doing labs on the side. Yeah, even though I'm on labs and there's raiders and, and whatnot, I, often I'm not pushing the buttons because I don't really want to, I don't really want raiders all over the place. It's not what I'm there for. I'm there to get the item. So I've not been fighting a ton of raiders. Yeah. And so I've not been getting an, like an enormous amount of XP. Like It's not like I'm running around on customs even and getting 11 scav kills you know, on labs. It's like I may get three raiders in a, in a raid where I see a lot of raiders and like maybe two players at the most. So I'm not getting that much experience. So I'm basically like stuck at level 41 because I'm not... I'm, there's like a whole load of quests that I could go and do that I just don't really want to do. And I'm doing these things because they're more fun. And so I'm not max traders yet because I, I'm, I don't want to go to woods. I mean, there's kind, of, there's kind of another story alongside that, but like I don't really want to go to woods and, and drink max energies and shoot at scavs. Yeah. I don't really want to do that. Like I've done that before. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like finding, whereas finding this item on labs, I've never done it. I've not really done looting labs. I've never gone to the high value loot spawns on labs and I've not done that much PvP there in a legitimate right. non-end of wipe environment and so it's it's more it's much more interesting to me yeah there's also like the, the other half of the story there is like i've basically been putting off playing woods shoreline i mean i, I have played a, a bit of them because it is required but i've at this point i haven't played woods i haven't played woods for ages um not a lot of it anyway like shoreline and lighthouse and those maps in particular because of the whole internet situation and um God, we're getting so close. This is going to be like a random tangent just before we move on to the next, the next bit, but we're getting, we're getting so close now. I have, a, I have an installation date. So they came and actually did the, they did the fiber cable. They actually came and like installed the fiber cable down. So it turned out that the tree actually wasn't the problem. Um, it turned out that what, like it's the most stupid thing ever. They thought that the tree had, bro- had crushed the conduit. And when the actual team came, they were like, no, this isn't the problem. The problem is when they laid the original copper cable like years ago, there's a small pipe that goes to your house and a big pipe in the street. And the small pipe goes in the big pipe. And when they push the fiber optic down, it goes around the outside of the big pipe and doesn't go in the small pipe. It was literally that on like Just one like of the, the corner joints. Birds and the bees talk my dad gave me once. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You can, you can think about it that way. Okay. Explain it to me. And yeah, 
So yeah, they 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 fixed that, and then yeah, I have a, I have an install date now of uh, the twenty third, and then I still need to be sent out like the network um, hardware for it after that. So oh, it's like a week ish, you know. Maybe it'll be like the Monday after. I don't know, but um, once we have that, then I'm going to be playing Woods again. Because <laughs> uh, at the moment, I just don't feel justified playing it on stream. Like it all comes out lovely on in the quality on yeah on my hard yeah. drive, but. Just a bad experience for anybody watching live. So, and I don't need to. I don't need to go there. I'm not desperate, and I'm, I'm not doing Capra and stuff anyway. This wipe, so I'm just like, right, we'll just chill, do do the fun stuff. And um, it does help that Labs is a really high performing map, both in FPS terms and in a network and encoding sense. It's a, it's like factory, right? It's like because there's no foliage. It's very easy encode, and so it works on even crappy internet connections. So I can see why a lot of people, a lot of people end up just like playing a lot of labs yeah it looks it looks great on stream it actually does and the performance yes. too is just like you know yep. it nice. performs so well yeah performs so sometimes well. it gets a little sketchy with the raiders and they spawn but it's just like that little hiccup and it's not that bad afterwards mm. exactly exactly so yeah that's that's that really that's that in other news uh shroud Famous streamer, CSGO professional player, ex-professional. Still professional? Ex? Whatever. He uh, <laughs> Didn't he join a team or something? Actually, I think you're right. He's playing like a Valorant yeah. team, which is like crazy mm. to think about. You know? Um, yeah, Shroud and Sacriel are collaborating with Splash Damage Studios to make a survival shooter game. What? Yeah, this sounds kind of cool. <laughs> it does like ah, it I sounds kind of like. <laughs> Go ahead. There's a couple of these things that are sort of in the works right now, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like no one knows what this is gonna. Whether it's just gonna be the biggest like fail ever, whether that's right. even gonna work, whether that makes sense, whether their knowledge and insight will actually like does is that the same as being able to produce? It's like it's it's difficult, right? It's like would. Would it help if they were, were you know, s- suddenly working with Nvidia to make a new graphics card? Like, well, no, uh, you know, like it's, that's not the, it's not the same, right? That's yeah, not the same. But I'm making a stupid but example. I, I give what you, I give what you're saying, right? Yeah. What are they really bringing like, to the table? Yeah, like I, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure now, there's a lot of stuff there that is interesting from a design perspective, but there's, yeah, there's a lot. I, I will say because I had a similar thought, but the, to counterbalance it, I think. There is a ton of value in listening to, and it's not just listening. It's like you, you, uh, you need to like take what they're saying into consideration. But you're kind of the ultimate arbiter, the uh, you know, the developer. Mm. Um, and there is something to be said for you know sticking to your your guns or your vision or you know whatever. But I I do think there's a an important role in listening to like your your one percent of your game you know what i mean um they have a ton of experience in in terms of like playing your game and even like just just as a uh a little bit of a tangent like in marvel snap for example there during the beta there was um there was this card called Arrow, and it would like move all of your 
opponent's cards play that turn to this location. And there's three locations. And the goal of the game is to win two out of three locations, basically. And, you know, it's kind of basically like a, a Hearthstone, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what people... And it was like... Kind of went on the radar for the longest time until it started to get discovered, and then it became ultra prevalent and it's like still prevalent to this day even though they nerfed it multiple times (laughs) but it was like an interesting thing because even at the time during the beta allegedly no one really played the card because no one really knew how broken it was you know what i mean um it wasn't until it started getting some play and then people realized oh my god it's so broken you know like if someone back then has said you need a buff arrow this card's trash when in reality it's like the best card even to this day after like three nerfs you know so, anyways, I say say there's. I think there's value in listening to both your one percent players and also the general population, your average players, because like their metas and choices and and behaviors are different. Like Dota Two is a good example. You know, Ricky would get nerfed, and it was like he got like zero play in like the tournaments. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like in pubs, his win rate, you know, and your average, you know, mm-hmm. he's up high and stuff, you know, and and which I like that, you know, I like that they're like addressing both sides of the coin, not just focusing on the niche. So I don't know. I think there could be something interesting there because you get, you know, Shroud. Uh, I don't know much about Sakurai, but you know, Shroud obviously competitive player. You know, he's got experience. He's played PUBG, survival games. You know, one of the things he said in like the promotional video was like. You know, when I play a game, you know, it's all about the feeling of that gun and how it shoots. And I want to be able to take that and apply it to, you know, uh, you know, it's just like, okay, well, you know, we'll see how this looks out, you know, what, what comes of it. But it's, it's interesting. I like Splash Damage Studios. They're, it's kind of an interesting uh, partnership with mm-hmm. them. Cause I mean, they haven't really put out anything that recently. Not that I'm, and they haven't been like, they were much popular, you know. 20 to 10 years ago uh, i think they've kind of like fallen off the uh the map a bit i don't really know much about them uh return of Ghost wolfenstein uh wolfenstein enemy oh, territory okay. my game is a childhood I play that game a ton uh enemy church and quake wars which is a massive flop and then uh i actually played that i thought it was fun <laughs> yeah i mean it was I liked it because it was kind of the same formula, but it just it just didn't do well. Uh, Brink was <laughs> was another game that I played. Uh, it was basically, um, God, what is that game called? Uh, it's basically like Team Fortress Two, but you kind of okay. had like classes, but also like archetypes. Like you, I think you could be like a heavy and a light build. Like you could be a heavy medic and a light medic. Mm. It it was it it was an interesting thing, but it didn't really pan out that well. But anyways, the, I I like like I said, I like their older games, so I'm like kind of excited to see what happens. But expectations are you know tamp- uh, tempered here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, the only thing that I will that I will say about it is that certain stuff they won't be able to, I guess like get I guess get away with is probably the wrong the wrong word, but it probably will be good to have the priorities of the player base 
kind of ingrained into the game from day one rather than like, oh, we've released this new thing. And everyone's like, oh, well, this thing's obviously busted and this thing doesn't work properly. You know, that that kind of stuff. As far as like balancing goes. Yeah. And even just mechanics, mm-hmm. you know, this just feels bad, right? It's like hard to get a feel for that potentially unless you're playing at those levels or you've played like a ton of different survival games before like if you're making the game in that particular genre i'm sure they're like they're experienced or whatnot but um you know it's different when you're a game dev as you're full-time i'm sure versus like somebody who like plays those types of games for a living it's just a different thing um and you can just tell when things like feel off or when it feels different or i'm sure there's a whole heap of stuff which is related to just like there's a things that have happened in other video games before that like every everything every piece of work is building on top of everything else that's ever been done before it right and it's like mm-hmm. when a game is like intuitive that's that's partly tapping into that it's like right, right. why are things intuitive oh well because people are used to th- things working in this this way right. well that's because of what's been done historically you know so it's it's important to be doing those things even if there's not really, and this is actually the same for everything, but there's there's usually just like a way things are done. And you could do things in like a thousand different ways, mm. but to do it in one specific way means that people will understand what's going on in the best in the best capacity. So I'm sure there'll be like stuff like that that they'll be able to help, be able to help them guide with. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the the genre of survival like shooter. Oh, open world as well. Yeah, open world has been crying out for a legitimate daisy <laughs> daisy yeah, yeah. pretty well that's like, right uh, a daisy has been needed to be redone forever yeah and it's still so busted and buggy you know when i played <laughs> last time when i opened up that the standalone version and i was like man it feels like they just the just the movement and the way that the game plays it just feels like the original mod which was busted and buggy, yeah, and terrible. But it's like people, yeah, people, people complain about EFT. Right? They clearly yeah. haven't ever played. <laughs> like they haven't set foot in Daisy. Like the Daisy's just like it's a completely another level of jank. Yeah, they did. It it took them ten years, Giga. You're not giving enough credit, but they did finally fix the ADS bug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know which one that is. I I guess it's maybe it's a holding hands bug, but you would like go to ADS and mm-hmm. your gun just wouldn't come up. Like you would just right. this bug. I think you had to like, you know, switch your gun or like drop it and pick it back up or something. It was, you know. I mean, that the whole of Daisy, like the original mod was full of stuff like that. It was like if you didn't yeah. do things in a very specific. I mean, I'm sure this stuff, some of this stuff is better now because the inventory system, when I, when I played, it was like a torturous set of. It's it's like it was like walking across a chessboard in the dark and some of the squares are just missing and you fall down and die. That was basically how playing the original Daisy was like, because you just do something that seems normal and then you, you just delete your gun. And you'd be like, oh, OK, I won't do that again. <laughs> you know, and this kind of thing. It was like it was just absurd. It was actually absurd. So you just had all these rules, these like arcane things that you just would have to do and avoid or don't do or if you want to move something you have to like move into this and then to there like you couldn't go straight across otherwise it would it would maybe delete it all of this kind of weirdness it was like very very strange so i'm sure a lot of that has gone away but there's a lot of like the tarkov jank because we can't really laugh right because we've got we've got holding hands meds bugs and stuff like that 
and the busy hands bugs, like issues, issues of those kinds. But the Tarkov jank is typically hidden away once you've got a bit of experience. Whereas Daisy is obviously janky, like right as soon as you go, you know, like you open a door or like close a door on somebody and they're like half clipping through it. And like they're trying to like, or zombies trying to open it and like everything's clipping into everything else. Like it's just the whole thing just feels awful. Um, whereas like you could get away, you could tell somebody that Tarkov is like, you know, bug free or something like the audio, this wipe is just its own thing. Um, with the audio that you have now though, since they did the update to binaural so that you can tell front back. I, I almost feel like I'm getting back to the stage where I feel that like you could tell somebody that the game is perfect and there are no bugs and they could probably play. I don't know. How long do you think you could play for? You could probably, you could probably play for 20 hours, 50, 50 hours maybe before you could start calling stuff out. This is the thing. Like you could, it gets away with a lot of stuff because the game's very addicting early and you don't notice a lot of the jank until you're a bit further down the line. Yeah. For sure, and I'm sure there's plenty of jank that we're just accustomed to. That it's just that a part of the game, you know. That's it. Well, so but yeah, I mean, like a, an open world survival shooter has been required for a long time. There's there's a huge demand out there for it, clearly. Um, but they're just like they're just a complete pain to make. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. I can. It's a lot of work, and like the how do you you know. It's an optimization problem. It's a performance right. problem. Right. Like you have this huge open map. It's like when you go in the city, well, like what are you going to render? You're rendering everything. Like it's just mm. it's so hard. So it kind of does need you to start right from square one. So maybe this is going to be amazing because if they're thinking about all of that stuff and the scaling right at the beginning, and with these two guys on board as well, saying like, look, these are the things that are going to kill this. You know, if you don't think about these problems early, you're gonna you're gonna have some issues. Yeah. Then they can tackle some of this stuff. At, know first off and that's that's kind of kind of the important point about this stuff is that if those things are built in it's a bit like i know people still manage to do it but it's a bit like you know valorant been being built around the cheat system or whatever from the ground up like if you're thinking about some of these issues now in the design stage you're so much more you're just so much more better off going into the process than trying to go right how do we make talk of open world now from a raid model where it counts down and has a 40 minute timer if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. you're like you're miles ahead of of that already, just by having it as the sort of founding principles of the game. Anything that gets subsequently added is always going to be more difficult than something that was originally designed as a core feature. You know who? Uh, <laughs> just read this line here, uh, the server twenty third. 2020, Tencent officially acquired Splash Damage's parent company, Leu. Uh, in this blog post, the studio stressed that they would be remaining their independence and will operate as independent entity within the Tencent family. Interesting. Yeah. So they've got Tencent, well, ownership slash backing, whatever. Yeah. It's back to the streamers' trial thing. I think it's an interesting marketing strategy as well <laughs> you know mm. hey we got these guys backing also what's their backing you know are they getting a little little cut under the table you know hey if we sell five thousand copies you guys get one dollar of in-game credits to spend on your sick news open world survival skins <laughs> yeah i have no idea I'm, I'm sure they're being paid as consultants to start with but yeah i have no idea whether there's something else who knows who knows what that yeah, enumeration structure is it's who a knows? but it could be cool yeah, it's something I definitely want to, you know, see what comes of it. 
Like mm. I said, I'm a big fan of splash damage back in the day. Uh, I mean, it could be good. It could be good. Yeah. Like a nice, a nice combo of a decent studio combined with the two guys who know what they're doing with his stuff. You know, Sakura's a big Tarkov guy. So is Shroud when the wipe comes around. Yeah. Daisy as well. I assume Shroud and Sakura play Daisy. So that's good. Speaking of streamers mm-hmm. and video games, Dr. Disrespect wants us to put uh what are the blockchain into his video game. He wants to put what is yeah, it what's called? This called? Oh, is it called Midnight Project or something? I don't know what it's called. What's this one called? I think it's I think the Doctor it might be that. Respect. It's some type of like arena. Oh, no, it's called Lunar Dead Drop. Shooter. Yeah, Dead Drop. I've seen. Dead Drop. I mean, this is like alpha, alpha, alpha footage, and it's like, you know, eh, okay. But then he comes out with this announcement recently. That's just like, can you imagine if you could like have the blockchain in the game and. You know, your your NFTs or the virtual items you loot and you sell for real money. Wouldn't that be like, you know, just like, oh, stop talking, dude. Stop. <laughs> like, I mean, OK, it's it sounds really like revolutionary and like, you know, innovative. But ah, do I really like is this something that I really want to partake in? You know, mm. Lo- like playing a game and like looting you know, oh my god, this is worth $30. I can eat my my uh, ramen noodles for another month. Like, this this is what I need. I gotta extract. No! You ruined my life! I'm gonna die of starvation. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's just... And then it you is go, quite dystopian. It's, it's weird, dude. Like, come on, man. Like, uh, I just want to play a fun video game, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there was something kind of appealing about what, like that. I think I know which tweet you're talking about, where it's just like, yeah, can you imagine like watching somebody trying to extract with like, you know, something worth like 100K or whatever? Right. And it's like, yeah, I, I see the appeal. Right. I see the appeal, but it depends on how it's, it really depends on how it's done. I mean, I know like up until now, it's not something that I followed super, super closely, but mm-hmm. I know up until now, you had to, you had to be, you have to kind of like put a, Daken or something to get access to these things and it was always like kind of crypto related sort of i wasn't i didn't know that it was actually in the game but you had to be part of whatever it is that they're doing to actually get access to it in the first place something along those lines it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me but um i mean the, the issue is you have to be very careful it's just like it's quite i find it quite interesting in some ways how skeptical the gaming community is about crypto nfts all this kind of stuff it's like (laughs) that crowd you would if you didn't know anything about it you would expect that crowd actually to be one of the kind of the highest engaged groups because there's quite a lot of overlap there right it's like a you know usually especially with the pc crew it's like a, a relatively high level of like technical expertise when it comes to computing and that kind of stuff it's like the 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 demographic is the right demographic to understand it and be interested in this kind of thing um but just like the history and the scamming, um, like mm. just the way that things have gone, it's ended up like going completely the other way. In that, like, as soon as it is mentioned, it's just like, yeah, the the cross has come out and the holy water, and everyone's just like, get out! Like the, the normal stand for it. It's it's quite it's quite interesting. It is quite interesting. Well, it's like it's uh, it's like the well has been poisoned. You know, it's like mm. you take maybe this like you know genuine idea 
But then, like, Big Corpo comes along and it's like, Hey, gamers! You guys like games, right? You want to buy a virtual game and have it on the NFT blockchain? Whatever words, you know? And it just gets it gets poisoned, you know what I mean? And then mm. it's, it becomes fake and it's not, you know... Eh. Yeah, and I think there was, there was too much, right? There was way too much, right. and too many people jumping on it, and too many people trying to just like microtransactions. I think it's, I think it's kind of the springboard for microtransactions in the first place. Like people already became very distrustful of microtransactions, and it was kind of like microtransactions on crack squared. You know what I mean? <laughs> and people yeah. were like, "Yeah, no, you're right, like, like this isn't this is insane." Like people were already quite upset about microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff mm-hmm. like this, like being being crowbarred into games by AAA studios. Um, and I think maybe it kind of came at like the wrong time and was used by the wrong people in the wrong way. And as you said, poison the well. It's just like people just don't want anything to do with it. So we'll see. We'll see. As I said, I don't know. I don't know a great deal about Dead Drop. I've like seen tiny little bits of it and like hear people talking yeah, about it here and there. It's, it's so early in the like development stage i wouldn't bother looking into it but it mm-hmm. what's it it's like that's not really the interesting part about dead drop it's the controversy around dead drop because dr district has been talking a lot up about this like nfts like i think you can buy like pre-ordered you know nfts related to the game like as part of your pre-order like there's some really wacko stuff going on there that just like screams to me like this is not a real thing. You know what I mean? This is not something I want to partake in. You know what I mean? It just seems a little sussy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I do. I do. I do. I do. This is the other thing that was talked about a lot was uh, cheating. It's like now you mm-hmm. have people cheating in your NFT blockchain video game. And just ripping cash, like they're robbing the virtual bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you think it's bad in the F- in uh, in Tarkov, right? Like that's a whole nother level, right? Yeah. Because now now we're talking now we're talking like real financial incentive, like like, like serious. Not even just this sort of yeah. There's you know you have to do the raise and do the carries or do the RMT and like mm-hmm. try and you work it through and da da da. Now it's like, nah, these items are just worth real money, dog. Like you, you could just, you could just take them straight out and just pay for the stuff. It's insane. It's actually insane. So I don't know. I don't even know how they're going to deal with that. Really. They're probably not. It's well <laughs> enough. There's no way you can, you know, it's a dumps in my opinion. Okay. Allegedly. Okay. <laughs> uh, speculation <laughs> we say all the things i can to not get sued it's a dumpster fire that i kind of want to see play out <laughs> i want to see what happens because mm-hmm. it, i think the concept is interesting but the practice has me really sketched out yeah it's a bit weird i love this <laughs> will I just because when i typed it in just to see just what the latest like headlines are on it it's like Will Dead Drop be free? It was like the first thing people always also ask. And I just did the drop down. Do you have to buy NFTs to play Dead Drop? No, Dead Drop will be free, free to play. It will not require an NFT to play on release. Oh, those who want to be part of the development process and play the early dev snapshots, those bills are currently exclusive to founder access pass holders. Which I think is some kind of NFT related yeah. thing. 
think so as well. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I remember hearing about with this thing was something to do with the fact that it's like the whole game is based around like a tower or something. It's like a vertical extraction shooter. Yeah, there's some verticality to it. But you have to like go up and down floors of this like skyscraper. It was kind of the way that the game has been designed, as far as I understood. Which kind of sounded a bit different and interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think uh, the dark used to be a mapper for. Uh... Oh yeah, for, was it Call of Duty? Yeah, I can't remember which studio. I don't think it was Raven mm. Software. That's even the right name, but. Sledgehammer games, I think. He used to be a mapper for them. But... I'm not so sure, he's but probably yeah. got some, uh, some, in- and, you know, he's got his takes on mapping as well. Hmm. Could be good. I don't know when it's supposed to come out, this thing. <laughs> so, soon. Does anybody even, even know? Soon. Soon, TM. Snapshot 5 is set for the release today, apparently. And will introduce tactical, throwables, and consumable healing. Ten thousand people who are playing it at the moment. What? Oh, they, they're, it's basically grenades and healing in this snapshot. Today's snapshot, snapshot five. What's snapshot? Oh, because they okay, so it's a bit like uh, each they release like periodically each part of the game, and then the people Doctor Disrespect's like, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. So you can play bits of it if you're part if you've got this like NFT pass thing. <laughs> You can play bits of it. <laughs> I want to hang. Where's my rope at? <laughs> All right, go on. N- NFT battle pass. Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and so, snapshot five was apparently set for release. Day. I don't know whether it did or not. And it's got grenades and consumable healing in it, mm-hmm. supposedly. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll be interesting. Keep an eye out. I'll see what yeah, happens. I mean, there is no concrete release date, as they say. You know, two or three years. It's a while. Yep. Uh, last thing I got is quickly the finals. The finals. Uh, I so you mentioned this before the cast. I don't even know what this is. I've not even <laughs> heard of it. So you're gonna have well, to take this one. <laughs> I saw a video from Shroud, and I swear he says about this game's a BR, and <laughs> I played the game, and it's nothing like a BR at all. Because right. that was like, uh, dude, there were so many like things about it. It's just like, uh, okay, first of all, publisher Nexon, gross. <laughs> I played my fair share of Nexon published games, and they are riddled with microtransactions. I mean, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not anti microtransaction. You know, developers need to be paid and should be paid for their work. Um, probably more. They should probably should be paid more and probably should work less. But anywho. Um, Nexon had some of the most egregious fucking You could literally just buy your way to get insanely good stuff. So yeah, it was really annoying. Um, but played it. It's uh, it's in beta. I got a beta key from from a friend, and it's a lot of fun. It's not a BR, so it's it kind of actually reminds me of some of Splash Damage games, the Wolfenstein uh, Enemy Territory. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Overwatchy in a way. It's objective gaming first person shooter. Okay. Um, yeah. Hashtag hack, you guys. So you, uh, it's 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 interesting. It's um, the basic idea is there's four teams of three, 
you have different archetypes, light, medium, heavy, and those archetypes determine your movement speed and your health pool, essentially. And also your abilities, um, options for abilities. So for light, you have like invis, grappling hook, you know, smoke grenade, okay. this, that, and the other. Heavies, more on the destruction side, mediums, kind of like support, like turrets and healing and, you know, more grenades, utility, jumping, zip lines, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the idea is you go, your team, your goal is to get the most cash at the end of the game. And to do that, you, on the maps UI, like the, you know, the world, there's uh, icons of um, cash and cash boxes and yet you, you have to go or vaults i'm sorry vaults and so you get the box you get the cube okay it's got the cash and then you gotta take it into like this atm machine like plug it in and then it like right. deposits the cash for your team and you gotta hold the point and if people like hack the points you know then then they get the current progress and then if it finishes and they get the cash if your whole team dies you get you lose half your cash or something for team you can respawn by spending tokens which i don't know how that kind of works but i only got like four hours in it but it you can revive your teammates it's it's a lot of fun it's like pure chaos and the environments are destructible which is also really cool that's cool it is very cool there's a lot of like unique uh scenario sometimes it's just pure chaos at some points um because there's just a lot of mm-hmm. like you can decide if you want to do more contesting behavior or if you want to do more defensive behavior, which is neat. Um, I like it. It's it's fun. Fun game. That's cool. But nothing like a Battle Royale. Nothing like a Battle Royale. I, I, I don't even think Shroud was the only one to say that. I mean, I was like a minute into the video. I was just like clicking through. I was like, eh, this game looks kind of... Because it has a certain aesthetic that's very... Um, it reminds me of... Uh, is it Rising Dead 2? Rising, is that, is that the game by Capcom? Um, yeah, Dead, Dead Rising 2. Why did I say that backwards? It's kind of like got this like arena theme announcer, you know, like our next contestants are the Wipeouts, and like you have like these intros, and you know, it's it's it has like the announcer playing, it's this the these are like buildings and locations of like arena lights around, you know, um, it's cool. It's cool. It's got, I like the, uh, I like the, the theme they're going for and, uh, gameplays, um, Monday night combat. Yeah. It's probably kind of like that as well. I'd have to imagine. Look that up. Um, I never played that game, but. Quite interesting. Quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks fun. It's got quite, yeah, it's got kind of the shiny, polished look to it. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit overwatchy, I think. Yeah, it it has kind of like, there's this shield you can get for the heavy guy that's essentially the overwatch shield. Um, but uh, the destructibility part's really cool. Uh, apparently, mm. it's the dev team is one of the older dice teams. That did some okay. of the Battlefield games. I, yeah, I don't know which. Or like that company or something. That, that would be my guess, right? Because destructibility, yeah. right? Like the heavy, you got this, like, your special, one of your special abilities can be um, charge. And you just, like, 
charge through walls or whatever and then you can get like rpgs and grenade launchers to like blow up parts of the building like you can get it so destructive that literally the building is collapsing on you there's like goo grenades you can throw to like block off parts like it's it's really i was genuinely surprised how much fun i was having because like it just looked like you know oh another product for me to consume and spend money on the microtransactions in this, like, you know. Mm. So. I've never even heard of it. Like, genuinely never even heard of it. Yeah. Like, it's... not that I'm really out there looking for, like, new stuff to play, particularly. Yeah. Like, I've, I've never really been like that, actually. So, I'm, most of the time, I'm just, you know, head in the sand and playing whatever it is game that I'm playing for, like, four or five years straight. But <laughs> So, I'm, like, probably not the poster yeah. child for, for hearing about new stuff. Like, eventually, when the, the, the pressure wells, it's like, you know, when I picked up Factorio or whatever, it's just like, once the fifteenth person tells me that I love it, I'm like, mm, maybe I'll give it a go, like begrudgingly, you know. <laughs> I'm the same with movies and stuff too. Though, yeah. A lot of time. Like no, once, like that. once, like ten people are all just like, mm, dude, you have to watch this. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll go and have a look. Fine. Which is quite funny. So, but even still, like, yeah, I just like not even heard of it. It's, it's so many. It's so funny how there's so many of these kind of games that, yeah, you just like might not even have heard of, but they're they're fun and good and people play them, whatever. I guess there's only so much time, but you just can't play everything. Yeah. I mean, this is like a, you know, it's still alpha um, <laughs> or maybe it's closed beta. Rather. No one plays released games anymore. Is the lie. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, dude, I just swear, like everyone's starving for, you know, we're, we're consumers, man. We're starving. We got to eat. You know, every, it seems like. People are, uh, you know, something new comes out, and then you look on Twitch one day, and it's like the number one mm-hmm. game, and then you look yeah. the next following day, and it's, you know, at the bottom of the list. <laughs> Everyone's back to League of Legends or whatever. <laughs> true, very true. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I don't really know what else is coming up next, like because we had that big flurry of Tarkov tangential games. I guess Dark and Dark is still running through playtests. It's probably the most exciting one, even though it's the most tangential. You know what I mean? You've got like, the cycle yeah. exists. I'm not sure if I'm that compelled to play. In a DMZ, I'm not really that compelled to play. Dark Dude, and Dark. I mean, I mean I, to be honest, yeah, I didn't even play the last playtest of Dark and Darker, though. The, what's so interesting, man, is like, the cycle, big head-scratcher on that game, like why it's not doing well. Um... <laughs> Like they have no players. <laughs> they have two thousand players on Steam charts, dude. Daily. Um, and it, 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 did you watch Goat's video, the the most recent one, with where he? I think I watched half of it, um, but I didn't get a chance to watch the rest. There's like a segment where he interviews Jaeger, the cycle developer, and it's kind of funny because <laughs> they're like, yeah, cheating's a really big problem. Uh, in our game, we've completely solved the solution. And our game is cheater-free. You know, it's kind of like they're like, they're not they're not really saying that, but it just always feels like hashtag ad, you know? <laughs> I mean, please play yeah. our game now. It's We solved the ch- play it, you know? But I can't really figure out why I I know my reasoning for not liking the game in in certain aspects um but why 
because like if you look at the the darker and darker charts um and maybe this is just because it's such a limited window to play the the test right because the cycle did really good at the start yeah um, it had a huge hype people like summit were streaming it you know it had a lot of like um eyeballs on it and then they launched and they didn't like it was okay and then now it's just like i mean they had a huge cheating issue um which apparently they've like addressed a lot previously and now so we'll yeah. see i don't know if I, I don't see i really don't think cheating is what killed it but darker and darker on the other hand um that game has some numbers dude i think it had like a hundred uh thousand concurrent players and they had some crazy like downloads that they posted on discord and i i don't know it's just like why is you know what i mean this is like similar to tarkov is it just what's the difference you know they're both similar to tarkov quote-unquote i think it's different enough i think it's different enough on from dark and darker i think it's like it's it's weird because Dark and Darker is kind of harder than the cycle. Like, I didn't find the cycle that difficult, really. Apparently, they did change it, because I'm not really playing it after the first cycle. I don't want to avoid using the word cycle. After the first <laughs> test that they did. Because the some, of the, cycle? some of the AI was, like, they were just super bullet spongy to, to begin with, and I think they did change yeah. some of that stuff. But it wasn't necessarily that hard. Like, it was hard when you ran into other players, sure, but... It wasn't that difficult, really. Whereas I feel like Dark and Darker kind of goes the other way about it, which is there's a very, there's a the slightly highest, the, the safety net thing is what you referred to before when we talked last time about the game. Um, you know, you've got this safety net where you always start with the basic kit. It'd be the equivalent of in Tarkov, you know, you've always got a pack of a pistol, you know, some, some ammo yeah. or whatever. It's like when you die, you're, Kit automatically regenerates with that stuff and it all sells for zero. And you always, and you can just press play. You just press play again, that's it. And you can just go in with the basic kit. And you've always got that. So, you know, I died when I first played. I didn't know what I was doing. And especially solo, it's really hard. And I died probably 10 times in a row before I even managed to survive. But it didn't mm. matter. And it, I kind of felt okay carrying on because I was like, okay, there's a way of doing this. It's almost like a puzzle. But I don't really lose anything for dying. But there's there's a lot to gain by actually getting stuff, but I'm not super punished for dying because I'm I'm already at zero. Like I can't go any lower. Yeah. And you start with and you start with nothing in your stash on dark and darker. So you literally start from nothing. Like it's not even like you get like you know some some advanced armors or anything like that that you you know, use to then go and get better things like you do in Tarkov. You start with some decent gear. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be like in Tarkov, you start with a completely empty stash, a Makarov with you know, seven bullets in it. Right. And like maybe, and maybe a packer, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that'd be it. And it would depend on what class you were in. And then you got literally had to start from nothing. That's how Dark and Darker equivalently would be in, in EFT. And I think that that's kind of intriguing to people. And it's different. It's melee too. It's like swords and shields. So you don't yeah. just get shot out of nowhere. It's a completely different type of skill as well. Yeah. yeah. It's less just like, oh, who clicked the other person's head? It's not. Yeah, it's 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 different. It's right. Different. You got fights. you got some like uh, abilities that mm. you know fights are more drawn out. Can well can be. You know, um, it, there's like a big mix of. Yeah, I don't know what you call it because sometimes in Tarkov it can just be very like who just clicked the head better. You know, who clicked yeah. head better faster. 
Yeah, which is just like, that's just an FPS game. It's just the way it's always going right. to be, especially if you're talking modern FPS with low armor and high time to kill. Um, it's just, that's just always going to be the way it is. Whereas, I mean, I even, the thing that impressed me about it is that I saw a couple of clips, because as I said, I've not played it extensively, but I played like a decent amount of the, especially the first one mm-hmm. and one of the other ones a little bit. And it was quite fun. Um, and I saw some clips of other people playing. Um, I think it was like Sakishu, who was one of the, one of the clips I saw, and it was like, you know, because you can sit in the absolute shadows yeah. and watching somebody just like one tap someone from out of the shadow because, like, you can you can pull some real shenanigans actually. And I was yeah. like, oh, there's, a, there's actually got a high skill cap here, like surprisingly, um, surprisingly high skill cap in the game, which was what I thought was probably going to be a bit of an issue. So I thought the combat might get a mm. bit dull because there's only so many things you can do. But it's not necessarily the case. You know, and you've got all the all the mobs that are also quite tough and stuff. So like I think that's what intrigues people. And it's like, yeah, it's rock solid. I really man, I really wish I don't think we'll get this, but if they did the dark and darker lighting. Um, because man, the lighting is so good in that game. Like there's some issues where like you'll be in a dark corner, but because there's like cobwebs that are, you know lighting mm. up so to speak and you're like clipping through the cobwebs like it will that's you up but like there, there's some minor things but for the most part it's very like the lighting is built in the gameplay and that if you're in the pitch black you're in the pitch black there is no boosting your gamma whatever i have yeah. to if i want to see i have to pull out a torch light it or look at my mini map and navigate through that but whatever you get, ignore that for a second <laughs> but i have to pull out my torch light it which then lights my area my vision but also illuminates me to other players and vice versa if they want to see in the like if i cut all the torches out in the room <laughs> i love doing this <laughs> i love playing rogue dude it was so much fun but if mm-hmm. i cut all the torches in the, <laughs> in the room they have to light their torch throw it at me which you see the light moving you know and if i'm if i'm in the radius of the light source you know then i'm illuminating you know it's it's very like a flashlight torch they look that man it'd be so so yeah like it, it'd be great it'd be really cool so anyways um what were we talking about prior to that sorry <laughs> i went on a tangent yeah no we were just saying about the the way that the melee combat works and mm-hmm. about how it's it's just a bit different and there's actually got a high skill cap to the game and i think all of these <laughs> factors come together it's like it's one of those difficult things and this is why it sort of brings us back full circle to talking about shroud and um and and the game that they're looking at because often like it's weird right gaming's just so weird you look at some of the the best examples of the best games ever and most of the time the reason why they're brilliant completely by accident yeah you you just have to have devs making games until eventually one of the formulas just it just works for whatever reason and tarkov is one of those and one of these other games like it's the same reason why it's very hard to put your finger on exactly why the cycle doesn't feel. It doesn't feel bad. The game's not terrible. Yeah, it works quite well. But why? Why isn't it like high predictive and super compelling? It's a really hard question to answer, right? You just it just isn't. And that's just so tough. It's like there's these these really subtle interplay of elements that make something hard, but not to the point of it being stupid you know, to make you feel like you want to take the challenge on and you feel then satisfied when you when you do actually do something good. It's it's so tricky. And I feel like Dark and Darker does actually do that 
because of this inter this fine interplay of like its own mechanics. Like it's also it's also got that little element of when I first started playing Tarkov and you're looking at weapons cases on the flea market, mm-hmm. just going like, how does anybody ever have twenty million rubles? Mm-hmm. You know, like like this kind of thing. Like when I first started, and it was just like I don't even understand how it's even like feasible, which is kind of um. I've always kind of enjoyed that kind of thing when you first start off and you've just got this like admiration for the progression and the possible progression in the game. You're just like, this is insane. Um, and you're looking at it with your standard account, just thinking like, if, like, these things are so good. I can see why they're so much, but Jesus. Whereas the, in Darker Darker, like you're looking through the trade of things and there's ores you can mine in the, in the place where you have to like go and get the pickaxe and you have to go and like get the stuff and they take a lot of ores. And then you're looking at all this stuff like, man, this stuff's like really expensive. It looks really good. Like, how do you ever even go in and get that? And I was like, I always had that same kind of thing. Like, how do you even yeah. reach these upper tiers? Right? Like, I've just, I've sat there and just like face planted my way through the level 20 times and survived twice to pull out like 300 gold coins and, you know, a slightly better shiv. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like looking at all of these like glittering red armor in the trader screens being mm-hmm. like, I'm not even, I don't even know the mechanisms as to how you achieve this stuff. It's like, it's using resources that I haven't even witnessed as the input to, to buying these things. And it's like 50 of them or whatever. And I'm like, man. And that, I quite like that feeling a lot of the time. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of feeling of the unknown. It's the exploration. I think it's what attracts me to all of these kind of games. Like, there's a very wide variety of games that all fit that same, that same metric. And Tarkov's actually probably more on the fringe of it, but it's all the sort of the Daisy, the Minecraft, the you know the, the factorio they're like any of these sort of like base buildery type like even subnautica to an extent which i talk about a lot but it's anything that's got like an element of mystery and progression whatever like it always captivates me it really does it really does i get the same feeling for these games in some ways yeah i think i i really like the uh as you said how they have like that base kit and that could have been a happy accident they did for testing um, or could have been something intentional. Um, I think it's genius, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I wonder if that's a big appeal to players because it is very, it's very easy to get in and out of games. Um, obviously, queue time is a big factor in that. Since there's like one or two maps, that helps a lot. Um, mm. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's a really cool. Thing to see running alongside of Tarkov, you know, these kind of like extraction shooters. And I'm just kind of curious how will this one pan out, you know, because I think the cycle it looked promising, but I don't know for me, it just felt like combat really wasn't rewarding. And there was a lot of like linear tasking, you know, it's like they took some of the, the worst parts from, from Tarkov and put it in. I felt like, hmm. Um, and, and yeah, the, so I don't know if this would like if they changed this, if it would make me want to try it again. But once I learned that how the damage works in armor, it's like not only like, uh, yeah, penetration, like their guns. Let's say they got legendary gear. OK, I'll just make it simple. And you got basic gear. Your guns do like 20 percent less damage to their armor and their guns do 20 percent more damage to your armor. They get bonus damage. It's like, why is that a... So, like, anytime you run into geared people, it's just like you're doubly gimped. You know what I mean? It's just weird. Yeah. I, I don't... I didn't like that. Which is kind of nice about Tarkov in that 
you have the snares, but you have like alternatives like head eyes, legs, you know, nades, you know. Mm, yeah. There's all the things you can do. Right. Yeah. Rat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, interesting for sure alright anything else Kiko for the topics for the chats I don't think so as I said it's we've only been four full well three full days and today since the last one so we haven't had a huge potential of uh, Getting getting new stuff, but just like, oh man, I'm just like so dumb. so desperate for fiber at this point. I'm like, I have to not think about it, otherwise it just drives me insane on a daily basis. And then when we're so close, oh, I just can't wait, can't wait. You're gonna, but down- I think that's it. You're gonna download so many MP3s off Napster once you get fiber. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it, man. I think that's it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else as of now. I'm just going to keep trucking along, trying to find this GPS signal amplifier thing for the Intel Center 3. Once I've done that, I mean, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be aimless. I don't know what I'm going to do. Labs main, my, baby. My labs main. You know what? I, I would like, just keep I, doing it, dude. <laughs> I was you? half tempted. I was like, well, keep, I'll probably keep playing it at least somewhat. Yeah. Um, just because it's been entertaining and like, I, I'm losing less money. Than I was playing it, you know. Like I, I was, I did hemorrhage a lot of money at the beginning when I started playing the the map, and I started losing less money. So it's it's been it's been getting better. I mean, maybe at some point we become profitable playing labs. Who knows? Like people say that the 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 map is like garbage loot, but I think that's maybe people who've played for a long time. Like I think that, you know, and maybe uh, also they may mean the some of the key rooms as well yes exactly Whereas, right. but the thing is you know you can go around and just play like normal and yeah i don't have any of the keys there's the a, only key sorry what are you saying no, no, you go. <laughs> there's a ton of pcs there's a ton of like filing caps there's a ton True. of things to loot yeah there actually are and the only key that i have is weapon testing key the only key i have uh, any of the others and you i don't know it's fine there's like there's two safes in the the dark offices to loot. Mm-hmm. They have the spawns on top of them, which I'm looking for anyway. And then they have things inside. You know, the number of times you just like wander out with like two volers, a golden rooster, you know, all this stuff. There's like, there's actually quite a bit of random junk just all over the place. Yeah. But you can make back your key and like a little bit extra on top. Um, I mean, obviously dying is super punishing because there's no insurance. So you lose everything every time, which kind of sucks. And I'm going with like relatively decent kits. Um, I mean, like the last raid that I did on there, I managed to out desync a level fifty-five dude, and he had some decent gear, um, like black rock and stuff, and in, and he had like double MP sevens with the suppressors. I don't know whether what? he killed somebody else. I don't know. He had like two uh-huh. MP sevens. They were like almost identical. One had a, a flashlight, and the other didn't. They were both like XPS zero, like hollow sight suppressor, shift grips. Um, That's fine. Was it SE fives? I think it was SE five grips. It was just like I two identical MP7A2s. I was like, huh. So I like obviously took both of those. So it's it's quite fun because you can kind of recycle some of the stuff out through the raids. I think I like got a redoot from one guy and then went back in and lost it immediately. So it's just like there's a as long as you're not dying every single raid, 
then there's a bit of a churn there and you can kind of sustain it. It's not too bad. Um, and then like when, when things were getting bad, I was just like, can always go to the streets and just make loads of money as a scav, you know, just wander into the Lexus area, like in my video, and just like hoover up all the stuff and sell it for like 500k and just do that twice and you make make a mill and then do all the crafting. And then by the time I get back on, it's like, you got more money again. So it's kind of all right. As long as you can make money in general somewhere else, then it's fine. So yeah, I think I'm going to keep playing it just to keep my skills up on that map. And it's, yeah. it's good PvP practice and, and whatnot. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't really have any, like, I don't know. I don't really have any huge plans. I'm sort of like taking it as it comes and just kind of, kind of chilling. I might, I might do something about the SR2M, you know, the new submachine gun. I did actually, I keep, I keep meaning to, but I keep forgetting to craft the top ammo for it. Um, so I do, I do actually have a craft on for that now. Because that stuff's pretty good. The BTs that they made, they made craft only. Because it's like 68 damage and 39 pen or something. It's like actually quite good. You know, like most of the submachine gun rounds that are 37 to 40 pen. You've got the MP7, P90, all these. Yeah. And the damage is usually like low-ish. You know, the MP7 is like pretty, it's like 42 damage or something. Whereas this thing is like, it's so high. It's like 68 damage or whatever. It's like big. How much do you get though for craft? Not, not 60 that much. or 90? That's the problem. It might even be more than that, but like the thing fires at, you know, the yeah. speed of a thousand gazelles. So it's, it's problematic. But I'm just trying to craft like a bit of everything. Like, I don't need to use it too much. And we'll do some stacking as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to do some. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be okay. Hopefully it'll be okay. I do think you get, need, you should get a bit more, I think, for the SMGs. I do think you should get a bit more just because yeah. the way it gets utilized. Yeah, it's it's tough. I don't know. Yeah, some of the crafts are a bit unbalanced. Like the yeah. M eighty craft costs more than the M six one craft, and the M nine nine five you get like two in a round, whereas like yeah, so it makes it really good. The other one, like the five six eight one, you get what uh one twenty maybe. I'm not sure. It's just like there's a lot of like there's variants on why do you get 300 rounds of sp6 on the sp6 craft and i don't know it's just kind of some weird different exactly like you almost need you almost need like a um you know one item plus one item equals 60 rounds and then you can insert you know three Mm. and three to get 180 you know yeah you know what i mean but that probably would defeat the purpose of some of the things we're trying to achieve with the ballots. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I do. This I do like crafting nine and five. I do. It's been working right really well actually against like class five armor. It's mm-hmm. been good because like if I five a one, it's not actually that good. It's only like a thirty percent chance on the first hit, which is fine. But you know, if it's you're a like... thorax, if you're a thorax monkey like me, you kind of want something a bit better. Yeah, it's like the scav ammo gun. <laughs> At that mm-hmm. point, you know. Like PS and a 762 AK, you know. Like, yeah, I, it's yeah. good. Quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. It's like it's sort of good. It's like I would say it's like the 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 baseline of like the end game PvP. You know, that's why that's exactly how you were saying it. Before. It's like it's like the 762 PS of the early game. Well, like maybe in the mid game, it's like 762 PS in the mid game. It's like yeah, it's still fine. It works. You can get through eventually. But there's better stuff to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's one of the only things you can buy from Peacekeeper. Did you ever try the MCX with the AP ammo? No, I have crafted some. 
So that's on the list. I think it's going to, I mean, I could probably use it. Oh, is Labs a good place to use it? Oh, Labs, is weird. Labs is kind of weird combat. Yeah, because right. you got like a mix of mid-range and close mm-hmm. range, you could say. So it'll shred people at close range, that's fine. But yeah. I'm just worried about the mid-range fights because of the fire rate specifically. Like yeah. The 101 actually works really well because of the low fire rate. So it's very controllable at those mid-distances, even with a red dot, which I've just been going red dot. I've not even been going for, with a scope at all. Because mm-hmm. um, almost all of my fights, like you see all the like Shift W Labs chads guys going with like your voodoo or whatever and like sniping people across the rooms and things. I've been, I've done a lot of running around in the corridors and I've almost all of my fights are under 10 meters. Um, and some of them, are, you know, yeah, maybe at the that. medium distance. I never really end up in a sniping fight across the hallways and stuff. It's like, that's exclusively people who are like actually cracked. And it's just like not 90% of the people, even 90% of the people on labs are not playing it like that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, that's kind of interesting. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Maybe I'll use the M6 at some point, but it's just, it's hard to. Like the place that it's honestly best for is probably the underground bunkers in reserve. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I used it honestly. last time and it just works really well. Like, yeah, yeah factory too, sure. But like in, in terms of real locations. Right. Um, it's a real location. <laughs> Don't you talk bad about factory like that? <laughs> but it's real good down there in, in the reserve base. Yeah. So maybe labs can work if you're in the right area. I mean, if not that, you could try the STM to really hone in on those headshots. I'm just saying, just an idea. <laughs> yeah, the big part of such a problem with the labs thing is that so much of it is, and this is always brings me away from these whole semi-auto guns. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is for another time, but um. Just so much of labs is kind of like desync management and like pre-fire that it's so hard to play it with semi-auto because like you kind of need to be shooting before the guy appears on your screen. I'm sorry. So that you can. Did you mean Tarkov? You said labs, but I think you meant Tarkov. <laughs> I do mean labs in particular, but I think it's because of the way people play there. Yeah. And it's all inside. Because DC raises, rears its head the most inside, around corners, through doors, and around walls. So, you know, resort, yeah. Dorms, okay. But a lot of labs is like this, right? Like most of labs, unless you're in one of those long-range it's fights, it's a bunch of not. corridors. Even in the long-range fights, it's still corridors. Exactly, because yeah. people are like pinned to the cover that they've got. So right. you're, you're either like in a room and the guy's next to you, so it's a fight around the doorway right. or they're in the stairwell and you like you run out. Like I had, I had one the other day where I just like literally ran up the staircase and just ran some guy down because he just didn't even hear me. Um, or he didn't get time to react on my screen by the time he was dead, one or the other. I'm not actually sure which it was because it was, it was extremely swift. I was quite pleased. But I was running away from somebody else. And so there's a lot of that like, you know, janky stuff. And I feel um, Factory is sort of like that as well a bit. But Factory's, I don't know. It is, a, it is like that, too, in some ways. Factory's a bit more awkward in, in, in other ways as well. Maybe the servers just perform better on Factory. I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure. It just feels like, because of the way people play, because of how aggressive you need to be, people just, like, sprint out and pre-fire, that DC management seems to be even more important on labs than anywhere else, so as far as I've seen. Like, I've just had, my, I've just had so many more situations where... I feel like I won the fight because I managed the desync better than the other guy, as opposed to just being a good shot. Um, 
It's just, yeah, as I said, as I said last time, it's a feature of the game. <laughs> so I don't even like, I don't even get mad about it now, really. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, I just know it's there and just, yeah. just do what I can to like mitigate it or utilize it. You, get, where you, you play, you, know, you have to play around it. You play around it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, because otherwise you just a you're just gimping yourself. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's not it's not ideal, right? But you gimp yourself otherwise, or just make yourself angry, and it's like, okay, well, you just got to got to do it. Yeah, no point not. Like, you may as well not play those. You you just can't play those fights otherwise. In that way, if you just like don't want to do it, if you're like trying to take some moral high ground about it, it just doesn't. It's not sensible. It's not a sensible thing. Like, it's so critical. Yeah, because I know there was a, there was a video like CZ put a video out and it's like he had like two PCs both on the same server and it was like four hundred milliseconds or something. Oh, and it? from what I from what I've seen, you can make some like rough estimations about you know if you peek out and then you peek back in mm-hmm. and walk and then die, the desync must be at at least. The moment that you came back in versus the moment that you died, right? That's the minimum amount of desync that there can be. Because that was the that was the last time at which on your screen you were visible for them. And then at some some point in the future later, you were dead. But you only get told about that at X time later. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's like other, you can get like some measurements there. Like there's human reaction right. speed and all this other stuff involved right. too. So that's why I was like, well. The, the moment where it's physically impossible for them to shoot you anymore, that's the start of the timer. And then the moment that you die, that's the end of the timer. And that, that time period is like the minimum amount of time that these things could be. And even that's like 200, 200 milliseconds, 250 milliseconds. Like it's, it's a big deal, especially if you swing a corner on somebody. Um, it Two, gives you mm-hmm. a bunch of time. Basically. Yeah. But I, it's not enough if you don't know where they are. This is the thing. Like if you peek and you don't know where they are, they will still you headshot get you. Yeah, you can still get punished. Yeah. yeah. But if you do know where somebody is and you can swing, you can get like four shots mm-hmm. or something off. Because how many even is that? If it's like each frame for me, because, um, you know, as, as people are disgusted by in the comments, I play at 60 hertz. So for me, <laughs> like each, each frame is 16 milliseconds, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. 16 or 14. It's like it's a long time. Like yeah. 400, 400 minutes is just a long time. Yeah. Um, I thought the number was like two fifty, but if it either way, four hundred two fifty. Um, yeah, you're still like, I mean, that's like two to four times more than a lot of the, the standards. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's not the worst I've ever played. I've played worse, unfortunately. I am begrudging to say, but um, it's still pretty bad, man. It's not uh, not ideal for sure. So. No, no, it really isn't. But it, it is it really, it really isn't. It is and this is the thing: is like so a six. Just before you say what you're going to say, a yeah. 650 RPM gun fires 11 rounds per second. Mm-hmm. So with 250 milliseconds of desync. You can fire basically three, nearly four times before they even get to see you. Yeah. I mean, you got in theory. Yeah. 
Yeah. In theory. And that's yeah. if you know exactly where they are. Because and one thing that makes it even worse is that the first shot happens at zero time <laughs> as well. So it's mm-hmm. not even like, you know, period one click, period two click. It's like you get a shot here right at the start and then one, two, three. So you can shoot somebody in theory four times. But like I had a fight where I've completely screwed it up, right? And I didn't bring my gun up quick enough and I didn't turn fast enough and I came out around the corner. And I, I've watched it in slow-mo afterwards just to see. And I come around the corner and I turn and I bring my gun up and then the guy kills me. And it's like, yeah, because that was like 600, 700 milliseconds later just because I, I messed it up, right? And I should have just got to the edge, pulled my gun up, started shooting, step out, and he would almost certainly have been dead because I knew exactly where he was, but I just fluffed it, right? So, so you can die because we're, we're only talking about like a fraction of a second. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you don't do it, if you don't do it perfectly, they will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like desync is like. Yeah. It's not my magic bullet for Pika's advantage, but again, it's, it's it can not, be. but it, it can be. I mean, I don't know if you may have experienced this recently, but have you ever just like pushed someone, shot at them, and then like they don't shoot their gun back at you? <laughs> you ever had that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I see it all the time on Landmarks videos when I used to watch them. And it's just like, yeah, they, you, it's enough of a window <laughs> for them to just, you don't even get their actions. You know, they probably did shoot back at you, but I don't think you even get to see that on your client. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And um, it was like another, there was another fight I had where everyone was just like, dude, I'm sure you got a headshot down on that guy. And he killed me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I did too. But it was one of the final bullets that I fired. Yeah. So I was like, by the time that headshot connected, like I was already dead as yeah. far as the server was concerned. So that final headshot, like, never even landed. I probably never even fired it mm-hmm. <laughs> in the real, you know, the, the server right. view of the game. Right. It's so it's just like yeah, it's just it's just so weird, right? Just so weird. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, it's something that will get um, improved in the future. Yeah, they could get so. it like. 100 to 50 like now we're talking you know what i mean a 100 honestly would be fine like 100 would be small enough that it's not really noticeable most of the time i would say yeah like because that's like 100 is in the realm of most people's of of like people somebody's got like poor ping yeah it's kind of now into that realm yeah. whereas like yeah 250 plus is, is starting to get it starts to give this window of opportunity as we talked about mm-hmm. so yeah that's that. He says, no, not much left to talk about. <laughs> we'll do a whole topic on desync. Can't wait for your lab's main arc where you start posting on Twitter. God, BSG are so cringe. Can they just get rid of these cheaters already? <laughs> Ruining Three my game. In a row. Yeah. <laughs> Three raids in a row with a, you know, one shot to the Alton. Nice BSG. <laughs> Oh, the red room, red room loot sucks, dear. <laughs> oh, oh look, another white name. With eight five five, level sixty nine, still unbanned, by the way. <laughs> the well, once I find it, once I find the uh, the far forward thingy, then the labs videos are going to start start coming. I think. Ew. I want to make it. I want to make. I want to make this video about it. But I need to find the freaking device first. Oh, you're doing like a like a guide esque video about 
sort of, yeah. It's like a guide slash here's my experience, here's my raids on the... Like, yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. It's kind of that mix, mix and match of like, yeah, this is how I did it, as opposed to being like, this is the better way, I'm allowed to chat. <laughs> nice. It's just not, not practical. But that, that could be cool and just showcase kind of like the things that you might get involved in. The one final thing I'll say before we go, like it has been a very different experience playing it this way and looking for these things because of where they spawn. I've not been near the card rooms at all because like, I think that's the way that you historically play labs. It's all yeah. around the card rooms in those corridors. And because I, I A, don't have any of the cards and B, there's not that many of the tech loot spawns actually in those areas and C, it's like usually filled with like giga chads going to black and green and all these other ones. It's been a lot more enjoyable running around the red card area because um, <laughs> no one's there now because yeah. there's less people and the people there it feels more fair when you fight the people there and um it feels just more like freeing I, I feel like it's not it's not all just been solved i feel like the other end of the map like people know exactly which angles peek through which window yeah. like you hide behind this fire hydrant and like i mean i did get killed by somebody who was just like it was the most disgusting thing i was like we did not see him at all and the whole of chat was just like no idea where he was and we went and played it back frame by frame and um he was behind the handle of like this I saw the little truck thing you saw that the, clip, the, like the, the, the uh yeah whatever it was we all thought like he was hand, a lift, hand lift forklift yeah, thing like yeah, a hand lift yeah. thing yeah and it was like man he was so camouflaged there like yeah. he looked like a bin bag like there's no way so um but this yeah it's playing around that area has actually been a lot more fun Honestly, that's been really, really cool. Maybe I should, yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to go and start like killing more raiders, actually going to like farm raiders on that map rather than just looking for the items. I wonder right now, I just literally look for the items till I die. <laughs> I wonder how many people are also historically not labs players, but they're doing that for either the hideout or the quest, you know? And so you're also think, engaging mm, them, which helps. I think it must be quite a few. Yeah. And there must be quite a few. So like, there's people who are kind of geared, but not like Omega Chads. Right. You know? Like I'm yet to see an old thing. Let's put it that way. I mean, you can't buy them anymore. So that's that's one. That's one yeah, thing. But true. a lot's changed too. Yeah. But but I haven't seen I haven't seen anybody wearing one. Anything like that? Like you see, there's a, I mean, there are like Giga Chad type people, but. I'm sure there are people who are going there who don't really play enough that much, and that kind of then it then helps with the experience too. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll carry on doing it. See what happens. All right, I think that will conclude this episode of Scav Talk. Thanks everyone for listening. Shout out to the Spotify people, listeners for uh, checking the polls and submitting your answers to the questions um i didn't realize that you had to manually set them to publish <laughs> so there was like 30 or so that were just all private <laughs> because my default oh. like i just i don't know why i guess that's like a. I guess it, they want you to manually review them and make sure you want them to be published is weird but anyways mm -hmm. so now <laughs> now they're actually visible <laughs> so if you're just sending out your comment to the ethos now it's actually there so yeah thanks to you guys for uh continuing to support us and engage with us so with that catch you all next week later